You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 158 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me, as always, in the kitchen studio this week is my co-host Matt Smith. Well, hello. Hello, Matt. How are hello. you? I'm, I'm all right. It's been a funny old week. You've had a bit of a bit of a flying type week, really. Haven't you? You've flown more this week than I have this month. Mm, well, yeah, that, that's because your flying school closed down. Basically. No, that's, <laughs> no, that's, no, that's no, neither here nor there. Really, no, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you've been yeah. considerably higher than I than I go. So uh, yeah, well really? done. Really, yeah. thirty thousand feet. Well, well, that's no, a few no, feet okay. higher oh, than the one fifty. Yeah, okay, just just a few. Yeah, how high is how high do you go in the one fifty? How, the highest I've been, yeah, <coughs> excuse me, lovely. Um, the, the highest I've done, gone up to the one fifty has been probably about five thousand feet at the moment. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, that is quite high. It's not that. I high. mean, that'd hurt if you fell out. Well, it would, yeah, yeah, yeah. It <laughs> would, would definitely hurt. <laughs> so you've joined us in here for episode one fifty eight. It is the thirty first of March, and the time is twenty two minutes past seven. We're only a little bit late this evening, <laughs> but we have had well, we've had a kind of mixture really of, of technical glitches and um, mm. and and. Um, an editorial type stuff. Uh, editorial discussion. Discussion, we say. Yes, uh, yes absolutely. Because we, we have got a very busy show, and that's, we have. That's, uh, that's great news, isn't it? So lots of content to try and cram in. So we're going to say hello to everyone who's joined us in the chat room this evening. We've got uh, Big Ron, Glenn Towler, Jennifer, Liz Piper, our main man Mike is in there, Mariana P. Mash is in there, Myla, Neville Bounds, uh, Philip Davis, uh, Tony S., and... Uh, well, yeah, and everyone else who's watching us on uh, on YouTube this evening. So we've got loads to get through, as Matt said. We've got um, a load of commercial news stories to go through, which have been very, very uh, meticulously chosen by me for our guest, uh, who I'll get to in just a second. And we've got uh, a segment from Pip. Yes, yes. And we've got um, a very, very special piece of oh, well, uh, Pip, video. Pip's, Pip's just said in the chat room, me, me, me. Yes. <laughs> we've got a very special video that was taken by uh, Matt and our guest this evening. Our guest this evening, uh, who's joined us in the kitchen studio. He's I not know, just very on exciting. Skype. No, which no, is, no. Which is no, you know, normal. Yeah. He's, uh, he's actually, he stayed last night at PTUK headquarters. He and yep. uh, he's here with us, our very own Harpjet uh, uh, cabin crew welcome onto the show owen well hello thank you for having me thank you uh for letting me stay in the wonderful guest suite <laughs> yes. Uh, yes i should just stress that stress that actually owen stayed f- uh, in fact he was the first guest in ptuk's second guest suite. oh no no i i have to correct you there oh he actually stayed in the smith suite did he? Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you were quite comfortable. Oh, okay. No, oh, no, right. he stayed oh. in the Smith Suite. In the Smith residence, yes, okay. in the Smith Suite, mm. yes. Okay. He was in there. Oh, right. Um, yes, uh, he had the TV, you see. So he was, ah, yeah, TV. So he yes, watched TV. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 Mm. But yes, yeah. So well, welcome, uh, Owen. You're, uh, you've joined us. You've come to our neck of the woods. Uh, how is uh, East Anglia treating you? Uh, everyone behave yourselves, by the way. Uh, the, the legend that is Captain Jeff. Oh, Jeff's here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Behave yourselves, everyone. So how have you found this wonderful area of the UK? absolutely beautiful. Quiet. And mental, <laughs> but beautiful. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Well, good. we had we had big plans today. We were going to go. You to, did, yeah. We had great plans of um, of going over to the our wonderful local aviation museum, which I honestly is brilliant. If you mm, if you go yeah. on a day when it's open, it's a really <laughs> great museum to go to. Um, I don't know. 
this show? I don't know. It's because it's not it's not April yet, isn't it? And it's, oh. it's it, we're still on winter hours. I think so. Uh, Even though it's like sun summer outside, sh- sh- yeah, probably the only decent weather yeah. we are going to have. So so yeah. we'll gloss over that. And next time <laughs> Owen comes to visit PT UK Towers, then yeah. we'll make sure it's on a day when it's actually open. Oh, so what did you get up to today then, you you two uh, aviation people? Uh, basically, we sort of um, we, well, we just went to, my, to to where I work and pulled some network cables through a wall. So, oh, yeah. So he's been he's been earning his keep. He's really been he's really been spoiling <laughs> you. Well, imagine really. pulling the cables through the wall. I just <laughs> broke the wall. No, shh, no, no, no. Seventeenth century building. Don't tell anyone that. Uh, so, so <laughs> I'm sure the plasterboard is listed. It's been there that long. Uh, oh. <laughs> so you also last night I heard Owen that you got taken to a a very special restaurant here Ooh, yes. where some of our um, uh, chat room people in the chat room have, have been to when they've stayed here. Um, you went to the Three Cooks. Ah, yes. Three Cooks, yes, Chan's places. Chan's places. You guys all got yeah, it. Yeah. It was absolutely beautiful, unbelievably yeah. good. And, yeah. I, and I, I, heard, I should just he had, I, he had the special. He, he did. Yeah, of course special. he did. Of course he did. It's the best thing to have. But I, I should just say that for me, it's the very first time where we've gone there because, like, we're, we're all heathens. Frankly, we sit there with knives and forks and sort of tuck into this beautiful <laughs> food. Yeah. And of course, because of where, obviously. You know Owen's background and things. So he actually—it was fascinating to watch somebody sit there and eat with actual chip chopsticks and not look like he was killing stuff. You know, mm, it was actually yeah. like using it, like you know. Oh, did you while you were in the restaurant, Owen? Did you get a chance to uh, to? <gasps> and it no, sounds weird. No, go I to the forgot. loo. What? I know that sounds weird, but did you get a chance to use the facilities? I, I, are you sharing in the too restaurant? much with the group again? No, 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 no. Okay, right. Did you? No. No. no, no. Oh, it's a shame because mm. on on the walk, I've forgotten to yeah. the loo. Uh, in the restaurant, uh, Stuart, who is my my flight instructor, mm. has got a huge uh, display unit full of aviation models. And I completely forgot. Oh wow! Yeah, full, yeah. literally full. There is hundreds yeah. of aviation models yeah. in the restaurant. Well, we can inside, stop there yeah. when we go back tonight. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right then. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And yes. Thank you to my wonderful chauffeur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going back to Stansted after after this. To, going to, to Stansted to, to Stansted to take Owen home. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah unfortunately, I've got work in the morning. Yeah. Where, so where, where are you off to tomorrow? Just a somewhere warm. He can't remember. That's all right. We'll, 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 we'll cross over and move on. Uh, it's fine. No, it doesn't matter. It's it doesn't in matter. Europe. Yeah, He's yeah, going somewhere yeah. in, He's going Europe. in Europe. That's fine. Spain. Yeah. yeah. Valencia. Yeah, Valencia. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Valencia. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's nice. fine. So, so we got we better start the show then. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're going to start the show then as <laughs> we do <laughs> each week with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. Yeah, I think so. And if you're ready, I'm ready here. Let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news story on the Washington Post site, this one. The headline, American Airlines co-pilot dies on flight uh, minutes before pilot landed in New Mexico. Sad story. We heard this uh, earlier on this week. And um, it's always sad when you hear about these stories of um, pilots or crew dying on you know on flights. Very, very sad indeed. But uh, the story, the captain of an American Airlines flight uh, safely landed the plane Wednesday after afternoon after his co-pilot died in the cockpit minutes before landing according to an airline official flight 1353 was two miles from albuquerque international sunport when the captain declared an emergency citing a medical issue on board slightly uh, shortly after uh, 3 30 p.m local time 
First officer William Mike Grubbs, 58, fell ill just as the plane reached its last phase of landing, according to the airline. Uh, despite heroic efforts to revive him, Mike passed away sadly and American Airlines Chief Executive Doug Parker said in a letter to uh, airline workers on Thursday morning that uh, we are deeply saddened over the loss of one of our American Airlines family. The captain landed the uh, aircraft without incident and the uh, aircraft taxied to the gate where it was met by paramedics. Uh, officials said uh, CPR was performed for 35 to 40 minutes before the pilot was pronounced dead, according to CNN. Uh, an airline spokesman said he could not provide details about the cause of the death. Uh, Grubbs, who is based in Dallas, was a Boeing 737 pilot who joined American Airlines in tw uh, 2010 from Envoy. Uh, he said the pilot was particularly proud of his son Travis, who is graduating from Tennessee Tech in this uh, this May. The aircraft had 136 passengers and six crew members on board, including the pilot and co-pilot, when it left uh, Dallas-Fort Worth on Wednesday afternoon for Albuquerque. Our team is focused on taking care of Mike's family at this time. Please join us in keeping Mike's family and friends in your thoughts and prayers, Parker said. In 2015, a pilot died after falling ill in an o on an overnight flight from Phoenix to Boston. That plane diverted to Syracuse, but the pilot died uh, on the flight. So that, uh, it's sad news, obviously, this mm. is. you know, Like I said, it's always sad to see or to hear about uh, pilots and stuff dying. Obviously, mm. you know... It, is to say they're they're doing the job they love, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. So, um, but obviously, as we all know, and for those of you who listen to uh, Pip's podcast, which I'm sure you all do, the Plane Safety Podcast, you'll know that you know the uh, the the co-pilot or first officer and captain are both more than capable of landing the aircraft mm. on their own should anything happen to uh, to either one. Oh of yeah, them. absolutely. But yeah. nevertheless, it's it's still an awful story, isn't it? When when you when you know somebody is. Yeah. Uh, has passed away under such very sad mm. situations. Really, you sort of kind of hope you're at home, don't you, with uh, with those that you love. If something yeah. like that's yeah. going to happen, yeah, rather than rather than still at work. Uh, l uh, sorry, guys, uh, just uh, to apologise to those of you who are watching on YouTube. Uh, Carlos's camera is struggling with the light at the moment. Uh, the the weird mix of uh, actual daylight, which we still have, because it's we're now on daylight saving mode here, is making him uh, a little bit juddery. So apologies if you are watching on YouTube. Uh, we'll keep uh, we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed. It settles down as it goes dark. <laughs> so the next story moving on is for you, Owen. Yeah. So a bit of a change here. Um, EasyJet expects record Easter with two hundred fifty thousand passengers on Good Friday. EasyJet is expected to record passenger numbers over Easter with more than one hundred forty-one thousand set to fly to and from the UK airports on Good Friday alone. The budget airline will operate 934 UK flights on April 14th and break the record for the most passengers travelling with the airline on one day during the Easter getaway. Wow. A total of 2.4 million passengers are due to fly across EasyJet's network between April 1st and 17th, with a peak of 250,000 on 1,628 flights during Good Friday. Malaga, Palma, Faro, Alicante... Paphos and Catania topped the list of the favourite sunshine destinations, with Geneva the favourite for late-season skiing. Oh, wow. UK market director Sophie Deckers said, Year after year, Easter continues to be one of our busiest travel periods for our customers, and this year will be no exception. Whether the customers are flying to visit friends and family or incorporating skiing into their Easter breaks this year, we are doing everything possible to make our customers' Easter travel 
as easy and of course as affordable as possible <laughs> and i will say that comes from the travelweekly.co.uk yeah so that's a huge amount of passengers flying in and out of in one UK. day yeah. Yeah. just on good friday it's, yeah. the, uh, it's a lot of problems on seats isn't it yeah, yeah. the big easter getaway but actually, funnily, it says uh, the figures they give there, as Owen said, 250,000 passengers on Good Friday. If you look at the photo that they've put on the story, mm. that's actually the 250th um, Airbus, I think it was a 320, because mm. um, it's got the 250th logo on the side of the mm. aircraft on that oh, picture. I didn't realise that. Oh, yeah, 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 do you see yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, lovely livery. Yeah, whoever mm. thought that uh, story up used a good picture there. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's very yes, good. first of all, it's A, a picture of an EasyJet plane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's one that's still in service. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah absolutely. I, I will point out that this is Travel Weekly, not um, oh, good the point. Daily, yeah, yeah, it's not the Daily, yeah, daily or or Mail or daily something. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, next story, yeah, yes. Moving so on next to story, Matt, yeah. and just for a change, because obviously you're you're normally second in the list, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. we, we've we've very yeah we've moved stories forward for we you. We have now. indeed, yes. So this is uh, the Independent website, and the headline is a former Ryanair cabin crew reveals most annoying things passengers do. This former member of cabin crew, this is very naughty, isn't it? Uh, says working for Ryanair was the worst job of his life. That's really unfair. Uh, not though, for reasons you might think. Working as cabin crew for Ryanair was one of the worst jobs that Joseph says that he's ever had. I presume jo Joseph with the asterisk is because they've changed his name to protect the innocent. Uh, but for, not for reasons you might think. As a member of cabin crew in Stansted for one year, the 23-year-old was forced to deal with passengers at their absolute worst with nowhere to escape. I suppose that is the trouble when you're in the air, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Unless you brought a parachute. Uh, we had some quite dramatic passengers, uh, he tells the Independent. I remember one case where the seatbelt sign had been turned on because we were experiencing turbulence. A father was holding his daughter around his neck and I said, please sit down in your seat or anywhere that is safe. And he started arguing with me and telling me that his daughter, daughter had to pee. Eventually they sat down and as soon as the seatbelt sign turned off, he went to my cabin supervisor and asked for my name. They said that I'd, I'd put, uh, he said that I'd put his daughter's life in danger. It was completely ridiculous. Wow. Another time, uh, quite an elderly person was queuing to go to the toilet when we started to experience some very bad turbulence and he refused to sit down. He started yelling at me. Sometimes people are just really hard to handle. I understand you have to pee, but it's not safe. Arguments over seatbelts were, were common, says Joseph, but he reckons he got off lightly compared to some other cabin crew. One colleague told me about a disruptive lady who was really drunk and fighting with other passengers and yelling at the crew. She was biting and punching my colleagues. They tried to calm her down but didn't manage to. They had to make her uh, sit down and some of the cabin crew had to sit next to her for the remainder of the flight and had to sort of tie her down with the seatbelt. Oh dear. With a, with a passenger, when a passenger behaves uh, aggressively, explains Joseph, cabin crew must call the police when they land. And if a flight, uh, sorry, if a fight breaks out on the ground, we're told to kick the offending passengers out immediately. Passengers don't have to be violent to disrupt flights, however. Ryanair's strict uh, cabin baggage allowance isn't just about getting more revenue from passengers, jo Joseph said. Uh, taking too many bags can delay the flight. The uh, Their Boeing 737 planes can hold up to 90 bags in the cabin. Any more have to go in the hole, but passengers reluctantly are reluctant to pay a checked bag fee 
which uh, on Ryanair can often be as more more than the flight itself. Routinely try to push their luck, and if the ground staff aren't monitoring the situation, it'll end up delaying takeoff. Sometimes airports don't tag the hand luggage properly, and you end up with 140 bags, and you just have to offload them all, he said. Then you have to explain to passengers that their bags are going in the hold, and they don't like it, and, uh, and again, will argue with you for 10 minutes. The flights end up being delayed because you can't take off, all because of a single bag. But Joseph said that while passengers can be a nightmare no matter which airline Ryanair itself is made it harder still working with the team at Stansted one of the UK's busiest airports is notoriously tough he says if you if you told uh, another colleague that you were working in Stansted they say oh my god you survived that hell oh dear it can't be that bad there surely uh, the managers there, he says, were the strictest when it came to rules on uh, grooming and the number of onboard sales they were ex- they uh, they expected to make. According to Joseph, female crew members had it worse with the most rules to follow. I'm going to stop reading this story because it goes on and on and on. But uh, it's um, <laughs> it's a it's an interesting uh, take on um, on that. I mean, I, I've sa- I've said lo- loads of times before. It sounds like the most glamorous job in the world. And it really is not, is it? There's no, there's no way that dealing with that many people, who are probably always drunk at some point, it's just, mm. it's just not a lot of fun, is it? We actually had a, a sort of a similar discussion on board uh, one of my flights last week, and we mm. were, we were kind of just commenting on the fact that um, cabin crew tend to be quite quirky and tend yeah. to be yeah. uh, quite weird and crazy and wonderful and absolutely. Uh, very unique yeah, to, to, to survive what you do for a living I, I think it's a requirement I think you've uh, got to be a little bit uh, you know a little bit quirky I, I think that that's kind of what we're, we're getting at you know you're you're stuck in a metal tube that's uh, basically been thrown across in the, the world yeah. um, <laughs> at ridiculous speeds and yeah. do you ever find though that you sometimes you have to bite your tongue with, mm. with some passengers you know, where you, you know where you kind of think oh god I really I'd love to say this but I better not yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you you do have to take a, a kind of stop, take a breath, <laughs> think about what you're going to say just a tiny bit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then then continue on with what you do because, you know, they that that could come back to uh, bite you. Mm. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, some of these incidents, I've I've had fairly similar experiences. Um, I've had a lot of people stand up when the seatbelt sign is is uh, still on. I've had a lot of people try to get to the toilet and uh, yeah, I mean, what we generally say is that uh, if if you're standing up while the seatbelt sign is on and you really badly need to go to the toilet, well then it is at your own risk. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Uh, we, you, we need to make it abundantly clear that you're accepting responsibility for your safety and that it's mm. not the airline. No. Um, so that's kind of Harpjet's line on it. Uh, when it when it's really really desperate, mm. um, but but yeah no it, it it definitely isn't good to. But I mean, stand I mean up but the thing is I mean and, and and the point about about what the, this guy was sort of saying with this is, is is the thing is is like you know you're being asked to sit down because at the end of the day you know their safety is paramount and I'm sorry that you need to go to the loo but you've chosen the worst time <laughs> in the world to basically do it. And, you've you had a, a whole lot of time in the airport. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Why didn't you go before? You I, I slightly understand kids a little yeah. bit more yeah, yeah. and uh, people they who do, have yeah. uh, catheters and mm, that yeah, sort of indeed. thing. Yeah, but, uh, uh, but it, it is dangerous. Mm, um, agreed, yeah. And you're not just, you know, you, no cabin crew is being difficult just for the sake of being difficult. Oh, God, you no. Know, it's, all, it's all about their safety, <laughs> isn't it? We'd so. love to have a flight where we yeah. could just 
uh, say everything once and, yeah, uh, and that would be it. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah, yeah. yeah the matter is a lot, a lot yeah, easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of guessing that you guys have got in the galley, you've got kind of a bag of those, yeah, those stress balls. Oh, stress balls? balls. Yeah. And you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, to, yeah, 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 yeah. Trying to de-stress. Yeah, yeah. No, that isn't going to be the case at all, is it? Yeah. Okay. okay yes. So on to the next on. story then. Yeah. Next story is, this is me, isn't it? This one it is, is indeed, yeah. on the dw.com website. Hmm. We haven't had this one before. No, we? we haven't. No. So every week we seem to get a website we haven't had before. Mm. No, you do. Doing? You have a, a unique skill in finding stories that are ridiculous. What I part know. of the internet do you go on? I know. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's not ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> Where are these links advertised? Yeah. yeah. So that's like I said, the DW.com website, this one, and uh, the headline, Airlines to Offer uh, Workaround for the US Laptop Ban. So we covered this story last week about mm. this... Uh, ban on laptops and tablets and stuff like that and uh, to when the US banned laptops in flights from several Muslim countries airlines started worrying about losing business now they've come up with solutions at least for those inexpensive seats so uh, Qatar uh, sorry Qatar I don't know. <laughs> we did work. As we well did have out. an email. Didn't Mike we? is in the Mike is yeah. in the chat room. Anyway, Qatar Airways and Etihad Airways are lending some pass- are lending passengers laptops Approved and laptops. tablets yeah. uh, on board following the U.S. ban on electronic devices being taken into the cabin on United States banned flights. On the 25th of March, U.S. authorities banned electronic devices larger than mobile phones uh, from being taken into cabins on direct flights between the U.S. and from 10 airports in the Middle East, North Africa and Turkey, including Qatar and the uh, United Arab Emirates. Qatar Airways said on Thursday that complimentary laptops <laughs> would be available. Uh, for those in business class, uh, biggest business class traveling uh, to the United States from next week, oh, wow. uh, business class passengers uh, would collect the laptops just prior to boarding, where they'd be also able to hand over their own devices to be stowed in the hull with checked-in luggage. Uh, the Doha-based airline said in a statement, uh, by providing laptop loan services, they can ensure that. Uh, passengers on flights to the US can continue to work whilst on board, said the airline's boss, Akbar Al-Baker. Uh, a similar laptop proposal is being considered by fellow Gulf carrier Emirates, which is also affected by the US ban. Uh, the, M- uh, the airline was the first of the major Gulf airlines to say its passengers could hand over devices immediately prior to boarding. Abu Dhabi's Etihad Airways, meanwhile, said it would offer free Wi-Fi and tablet uh, computers to first and business class passengers on US bound flights. The restrictions prompted by reports that militant groups want to smuggle explosive devices in electronic gadgets uh, state that uh, electronics larger than a mobile phone, including laptops and tablets, must be stowed with checked baggage on US bound passenger flights. Industry experts have warned the ban could weaken passenger demand for the Gulf carriers on US routes. Gulf Airlines rely on business class flyers stopping over in places like Dubai or Doha for far-flung destinations and the ban risks pushing passengers to travel with airlines not affected. Qatar CEO Al Baker said on Monday it was too early to tell if there had been a major impact on demand. Emirates said its booking rates fell on US flights uh, 35% after President Donald Trump's first travel ban, which, uh, like the electronics ban, only applied to Muslim-majority countries. A similar ban was also imposed on Britain, uh, or by Britain, uh, but this exempted some of the Gulf Airlines, including Qatar Airlines. 
So uh, yeah, loaning your uh, loaning a laptop to if you're traveling in if you're lucky enough to travel in business class. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only the only uh, the only only thing I could see really <gasps> is if your laptop has all your business files and your stuff on, you would need yeah. to have those on a pen drive to use in a, another mm. laptop. And yeah. I kind of had a question about this as well because if you are using uh, kind of hard drives or pen drives or uh, memory sticks or what have you. Um, to load up onto the laptops that these have, you're putting them at a huge risk of mm, infecting things. them. Yeah, 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 absolutely. yeah, yeah that's so been covered in, in one of the other podcasts. Mm. Actually, I listened to is that you know all these laptops being put in the in the hold mm. that are being treated like we saw in the videos a few weeks ago mm. of the yeah um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and they're yeah, being yeah. crushed crushed yeah. by other Destroyed. people's cases. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. As we all know, it only takes a battery to be crushed yeah and, and, and uh, fire start and, and you've yeah, got fire. fire start yeah absolutely. so yeah it's uh it's i oh, i don't know it, it's being done for safety reasons i totally understand mm. but um it could lead to something slightly yeah. more absolutely uh, worse. and i can only I, as we move on to the next story i can only assume that these are all appearing and have been chosen for me purely <laughs> and simply because um <coughs> i um may have been Having to, I, I told, I told, I, I said, didn't I? In last week's show, it's like you do know I'm going on 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 one of these planes this week. Please try not to get me like banned or something silly. Anyway, on the CH, <laughs> this is aviation, a good story, man. Yeah, whatever. It's a uh, nice story. <laughs> it's CH Aviation, and the headline is Ryanair to establish new standalone charter unit. Ryanair is planning to establish a new standalone carrier in Poland to cater to the charter market. Recruitment adverts show Ryanair Sun is looking to commence operations in summer 2018 using a fleet of five 737-800s initially. It will be based out of Warsaw, presumably Warsaw Modlin. Ryanair Sun will deliver the best-in-class charter services at the low cost to Polish tour operators and offer great value for customers flying to Poland's favourite holiday destinations, the advert has claimed. One um, Once operational, Ryanair Sun will compete with other Polish carrier Polish charter carriers, including Enter Air, Small Planet Airlines Polska and Travel Service Polska. Very exciting. So a new, a new, well, not a new airline, but a kind of a branch, I think, from mm. uh, yeah, from Ryanair. So they're yeah. going to um, going after a yeah. specific market, which is. Uh, I wonder whether they're going to rebrand the aircraft mm. and have you know this what they call themselves mm. Ryanair Sun. Yeah, whether right. they're going to have a different logo a on, more on the aircraft. Logo? <laughs> have a more yellow logo. Have a more yellow logo, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, more yeah. yellow interiors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd hate to think they get rid of the harp and you know on the back of the tail there, and they'd have a sun logo. If you, see, if you see what I mean mm, on there. Well, you know, this, this is the way, it's the way forward, isn't it? Mind you, that is yellow or gold, I suppose. It could be classed <laughs> as a sunny kind of... Um, yeah, there is that. But yeah. this is only in Poland, though. Right, okay. Because well, um, the rest of us don't deserve based, cheap flights? What, based, out of, based out of Warsaw. Is this one of the uh, places you've, you've been flown Maybe, from on your, one of your destinations? I've, I've done, uh, yeah, I've done from Modlin, uh, not from Chopin. Uh Although Modlin, what a strange name. Mm. Oh, well. Modlin, yeah, they, it's it's nice secondary airport uh, of, oh, right, okay. of Warsaw. <laughs> oh, it's one of those small airports. Smaller, smaller. I mean, it's it's airports. fairly substantial, um, but yeah, it's absolutely lovely. The, it's always cold when you go in there. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, do you know what, I meant to ask you: Have you flown to Bergerac? Bergerac. 
No, no, no. I've never flown into British Virgin oh, I haven't cause... done a whole lot of the French flights because I've been oh, based in Malaga for the past oh, six months. Yes. <laughs> yes. And don't uh, we know mm. Malaga mm. to to France? Um, apart from Bouvet, doesn't really exist with oh, okay. Harpjet. So, uh, mm. interestingly enough. Wow. Yeah, there we are. Anyway, wh- wh- while you're talking, Owen, the next story is for you. Yes. Ooh, I like uh, it. This, I one like this one is from <laughs> <laughs> deadline uk. Another new website. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't don't ask the question, Owen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and it says Bannatine rants at EasyJet after sharing flight with 185 passengers and one loo. Wow. Duncan Bannatine has hit out at EasyJet after being stru- <laughs> after being stuck on a three-hour flight with almost 200 passengers and only one working toilet. The business mogul was flying from London Gatwick to Faro in Portugal, where he, where he has a holiday home yesterday, when he discovered only one loo was in use. Along with approximately 185 passengers, that 68-year-old was left furious and asked staff, how do they get off with it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a little <laughs> bit surprised that that that, that he is flying EasyJet. Yeah. I was going to say Duncan Bannatyne. I mean, surely he's, he's got his own private jet. I mean, wouldn't he, wouldn't he just be sort of for the, for those in the chat room and who uh, may not know, Dun- uh, Duncan Bannatyne owns well one of the largest gym chains, gym chains yeah, in the well, UK. And many many other things. And yeah. if you ever watch a program called Dragons Den, yes. he's often there on there selling all sorts of things. Anyway, carry on. He revealed the predicament after taking to the company's Twitter page to complain about the flight, which costs, costs on average two hundred pound. Which I dare say, for Duncan Ballantyne, um I don't think that's a uh, yeah. that's a drop in the ocean, really, it isn't is, it? It's nothing. Uh, perhaps, he perhaps wrote, he's trying to save a few quid. He's that cheap. Perhaps one of those. Things have gone that badly for him. I was going to say, perhaps one of those um, those uh, Dragons Den type deals he uh, he took has probably went a bit south. Yeah. So he, you know, he's had <laughs> yeah. to, can't quite squeeze he's had to slum in, yeah. it a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Cutting the luxuries. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he wrote three hours to Faro on an EasyJet flight. Has another broken toilet at the front. How do they get off with it? An EasyJet customer service. Uh, immediately responded, writing, Hi, Duncan. Sorry to hear that. Hi, Duncan. I love that. (laughs) Duncan Bannatyne, one of the (laughs) the country's most uh, prominent (laughs) businessmen. And hi, Duncan. (laughs) 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 Can you please share with us the number of the flight uh, so as to investigate? Thank you, Katerina. In other Uh, words, they're bricking themselves because there's now been some very... um, Yeah, it's not not going to end well for him, is it, really? Yeah. um, Just landed in Faro. Full plane, one toilet. Uh, despite the issue, he added, though, the staff were great. Well, oh, yeah. well, that's a that's yeah, good yeah. old easy yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's a positive. I mean, of course, there could be many reasons why why there's only one toilet in, in service. I mean, there could have been a failure. I suppose this is the trouble with, with the low-cost airlines, because, of course, you're doing many sort of sectors aren't you so you're you're going from one place to somewhere else then mm. from there to somewhere else yeah. so you know you're only really going back to base at the end of the day so yeah. if yeah, something yeah. went wrong with the toilet in that first sector you are stuck with only one loo for the rest of the flight i mean presumably you must have one yeah sure you are you, um, you uh, do you have a rule I, I, you see, I don't have the minimum equipment list. That's something yeah. that the the 
pilots well, well presumably it, that, that decision not, is not made by it, by oh not by captain no, I mean, no, 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 no. you know it's the captain that's uh, decided but i that, would imagine seeing as it's not a safety related item as long as it's one though yeah. i don't think that we need any to take off uh <sighs> Because we're not we're not going over five hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So I that so, would yeah. really only affect the Tenerife cruise and the Ponta Delgada cruise. Um, so yeah, we're not going over five hours. Uh, so I don't think we have to have a loo to take off. Mm. Now I, I doubt I doubt many carriers would. No. To be fair, because you're going to have distressed um, passengers. Distressed passenger. You got to have. It. I mean, that just makes everyone's job much more difficult. Yeah, you guys got to go to the loo as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we find time for that. <laughs> it's one thing you don't see very often is that when you're on a, on a flight, you mm. don't see crew going to the loo. I mean, obviously, they go. Yeah, they, they've, they've gone to check the toilet. Yes, you know, check the toilet. <laughs> yeah, they're exactly. checking the toilet yeah. Yeah, to make sure it's, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, checking to make sure it's ready for landing or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, the next story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, this, is this me again? This well, I can't remember. I lost uh, Yes, it's you. Yes, it's definitely you. Oh, okay. This one's on a bit more of a, uh, a, a well known type of um, thing. The Los Angeles Times or Los okay. Angeles I'll take your Times word for that. website. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is another one of those um, exciting stories that hit the uh, the news and uh, regarding a, a, slight, a certain type of uh, a uh, clothing. Um, okay, yeah. So the headline, I know the the headline there. Rival airlines poke fun at United over leggings dispute. I beg your pardon. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Now, now what was this? This was to do with um, uh, very strict rules with regard, not so much passengers. Was it ordinary passengers? It was to do with strict rules and the like, getting a discounted ticket because you work for your family of someone who works for them, isn't it? I, I, when I, I seem to remember researching because yeah. I was in I was inquiring when when I was looking it up because I was intrigued to know why because I thought well I've seen people get on planes that were worn far worse than that <laughs> oh, yeah, I was you say, know? Yeah. but apparently there's a very strict policy about if if you've got a, a family discounted ticket either via a pilot or cabin crew uh, there is a dress code that you must adhere to yes. and that's yep. what I that's what I looked up I mean it may cover uh, it in uh, the story we do have yeah yeah. 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 yeah, so there are rules. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, carry on. United Airlines. <laughs> uh, United Airlines, <laughs> who, so cross who with Matt and is flying with to Pittsburgh. Oh, I am, aren't I? Mm. So I, United I, Airlines. I, sh- I, shall, I shall listen with grace. Yes, United Airlines. Don't wear leggings. So don't wear leggings. All right. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, is that all right? I'm not entirely sure that the world is ready for Matt in <laughs> leggings. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> so United Airlines has taken uh, a heap of criticism from celebrities and uh, other air travellers over its decision last week to bar two teenage girls from boarding a flight from Denver because they were wearing leggings. Actress Patricia Arquette posted a message on Twitter saying leggings are business attire for 10-year-olds. Their business is being children. The airline has explained that the girls were pass holders who were flying as a guest of an employee and failed to abide by an employee dress code that prohibits form-fitting lycra, spandex, tops, pants and dresses. But the Chicago-based airline has also taken a few shots from its uh, rival airlines. Uh, Delta Airlines posted a message on Twitter on Monday saying, Fly Delta means comfort. That means you can wear leggings. And (laughs) Florida-based Spirit Airlines on Tuesday posted an ad declaring, let them wear leggings. Along with a one-day <laughs> offer of seventy-five percent off flights to specific destinations on Tuesdays and Wednesdays only. Oh dear! Clicking the link led to a message saying, 
Well, at least, Spirit, we're a united cough about letting your girls dress how they want. If you want to fly with us, get your leggings on, ladies, or even gentlemen. Oh no my. judgments here. Oh my. Uh, both Spirit and Delta impose a dress code on employees that forbid revealing clothing. Wow. But do not specifically ban Lycra, spandex, or other stretchy pants. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's just it's this bizarre. This up, it's just the no, bizarre story no, that broke last week. I mean, yeah. <sighs> I mean, fair enough. You don't turn up to a plane wearing your your swimming trunks with a beach towel swung around your head. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm, I mean, if, if you if, I, if, if you look like if you, yeah, but if, if you if you look like Tom Daly or you look like <laughs> Jennifer Aniston or something like that, then nobody's oh. going to object to you just turning up in your swimsuit. No, we had that story last week. Yeah, we? indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you know, I mean, if you look like me and you just turn up in up in your swimsuit, then yes, people won't be very pleased about that. But I Actually, also yeah. think Captain I mean, Jeff <laughs> has put this story as so full of BS. Oh, that's outrageous. <laughs> oh. Oh, Tony S has put, was it the first leg of the journey? <laughs> oh, oh, dear. No. <sighs> I'm a bit nervous now because obviously Nev is in the chat room and he is the king of puns. We are, I think we're about to get a barrage of, of, of oh, terrible, yeah. if you, terrible if things. You ever, if you ever want to see any great puns, just check yeah. out Nev no, don't. on Facebook. No, no, don't. He is the king no. of puns. <laughs> Please don't. Definitely. <laughs> So, uh, Owen, uh, Owen, your next, uh, next, next story is for you. It's from CNBC.com, and it says, Aircraft impact at Singapore's Changi Airport. Singaporean budget carrier Scoot made contact with an Emirates aircraft in the early hours of Thursday at Changi Airport, Singapore. Both Changi Airport and Scoot confirmed that an on-ground incident happened between Emirates EK 405, which was bound for Dubai, and Scoot TZ-188, which was departing for Tianjin. Uh, the left wing of Scoot flight TZ-188 came into contact with an Emirates aircraft while TZ-188 was taxiing before takeoff. A Changi spokesperson told the CNBC that there were no injuries and the passengers aboard the Air Emirates plane were rebooked on another flight's schedule to depart later on Thursday. The accident occurred about 1.40 a.m. in uh, Hong Kong slash Singapore local and the scoot flight was rescheduled to depart to Tianjin several hours later on a replacement aircraft. All 303 passengers and crew members on board the scoot aircraft were safe, the scoot representative said. Scoot is owned by flag carrier Singapore Airlines and launched its first customer flights in 2012. The Emirates flight EK405 from Singapore to Dubai on 30th of March was slightly damaged during pushback. Engineering inspections determined some repairs were required. <laughs> some repairs? <laughs> some repairs. All right, guys, if, you, if you're watching on YouTube, I, I will now show you what Owen well, show, means. Show, what? First, show the, it, if you show the, the uh, wingtip of the, A, the A380 first. Okay, yeah. well, I'm just showing um, this one first. Well, Is this what, <laughs> Well, that, well, that's a damage to the to the scoot. Uh, yeah, scoot okay. I mean, I, and that's some minor damage, is it? I mean, that doesn't look very minor that, to me. I'd be I worried that there'd be fuel leaking that's, out of that's that. That's not going to take out. No, no, if I you, don't. Yeah. If you look at the damage though to the to the Emirates aircraft, it, it's literally like like, like, like a, a three a quid scratch, <laughs> three yeah, quid fix. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could buff that out. Yeah, yeah on, on the thing, but, <laughs> but this I fear not. Yeah, absolutely. we had the picture of the Emirates one. On the uh, on the screen, now, for those of you watching in the chat yeah. room, you probably saw the uh, picture of the uh, of the winglet there on yeah. the A three eighty. 
And yeah, that that's, was, um, it's, that's not that bothered, is no, it? No, <laughs> no. Like, Yawn. I mean, yeah. the, the picture of the scoot, the wing on the scoot aircraft there looks like someone's been at it with a tin opener. Yeah. It does look uh, very similar, yeah, absolutely. A tin opener or yeah. a chisel yeah. Yeah. or yeah. Yeah. anything. A really. sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anything. So, so you compare that with the damage on, on the winglet of the... Of the um, <laughs> here you go, oh, look, there you go. Oh, the damage you have. I mean, you could probably, you know, like with, with bend, a toffee hammer, you could knock yeah. that out. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That'd be fine. Yeah, yeah you could probably bend that out. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah probably could bend it with your hands. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah, these... It's... Yeah, Glenn Taylor's put in the chat room that the Airbus won this fight. Yeah, I think it's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's safe to say that the, uh, yeah, you, they lost. But we're, we're yeah, getting yeah. a few of these now, aren't we? Every mm. few, every so often, we get one of these stories I with see, um, little I, collisions. I do wonder, though. I mean, this is this is probably a controversial thing, and I'm speaking out of turn. But it, it's like I, I'm sure that there were air-related air incidences taking place long before we had like the the major ones of the last couple of years. But the media weren't that interested in yes. this. Mm. And I little wonder scrapes. if a lot of this is like once it's happened like a couple of times, then it's like you know they, they get their teeth into something and then they're forever looking for yeah. stories like that. And I wonder if a lot of these things were going on beforehand, but they weren't necessarily being reported. But also, what what you'll you'll know as well yourself, Matt, because mm. you're involved with this all the time. But social media is king now. Mm, so yeah. if anything yeah, happens yeah, yeah. on an aircraft, yeah, it really fast, it's on Twitter, yeah. Facebook, yeah. Instagram before they've even got in the terminal. Before, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah but well, I mean, you, you think about how many planes are moving around and how few yeah. of these incidents. There are yeah, compared, compared yeah. to yeah, yeah. compared to cars. Yeah, very you know sure. how many yeah. cars yeah. are <laughs> yeah, indeed, in the world, and every agree. day how many are scratched? Mm. How many yeah. of your cars have been scratched? You know yeah. by other people. Well, funnily enough, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But Liz, yeah. Liz Piper, she's put in the chat room. Actually, uh, uh, Liz put uh, not just the media; everyone has a f uh, phone cam yep, or agreed. camera phone yep, nowadays. Absolutely. Yeah, very yeah. true. And, and people are much more. You know, I mean, there there was a time when when you or I would uh, wait for the news at say one o'clock or six o'clock or, or ten o'clock mm. to sit down and see you the, don't have to. The, the, yeah. the, the, the news event. <laughs> of course, I mean, especially if you're young. I mean, I don't suppose. I mean, if you're Owen's age, I mean, you probably hardly have. You know, you never sit down to watch. I, mean, I think it's probably the first time you've watched BBC News is when we were. In the hotel room in France. Uh, yeah. Hey now, hey now. <laughs> you know, we, no, because you check. You, you know, everybody does it on yeah, their yeah, their yeah. their laptop or their device. I mean, uh, I mean, television and news in general has. I mean, the model has completely changed to to like when you and I grew up. I mean, because everything is much more readily available. You yeah. know, you can get. I mean, there was what? Uh, there was only one place when we were in Toulouse where we couldn't get Wi-Fi. Yes, that, yeah, and that, yeah, that's yeah. very true. And, and that was only yeah. because we were walking from. Um, the Airbus music, uh, like the museum, like where yes. the thing is. And from the walk to the tram, uh, there was no Wi-Fi. But once we got on the tram, there was Wi-Fi. Once we got uh, into sort of like the airport, there was Wi-Fi. When we Even got to the, the hotel, centre, there was Wi-Fi. The centre to lose, there's Wi-Fi connections. All this kind. Of, I mean, it's just like yeah. you know, people, people, you know, are, are getting their news from other sources. I mean, mm. it's not going to be long before you and I haven't got any anything to read out because <laughs> nobody's listening. <laughs> It'll be to old news. Yeah, absolutely. When did this happen? We oh, were ten born minutes old. ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, big, uh, but uh, then that, that's where things like podcasts and things are really coming into their own oh because yeah. well, I hope so. well <laughs> people are downloading them with a view to le listening to and they're they're consuming this information mm. like at their convenience, not yeah. when the BBC decides when it's news time. Do you know what I mean? You, people choose when they want to do these things. Anyway, I'll shut up now. Uh, <laughs> a big hello to Don Sebastian, the pre-buy oh, guy. He's in the chat hi, room. Just joined hey, us. Don. Um, and uh, yeah, a uh, pre buy guy, the uh, Inter the Airplane Intel podcast. Mm -hmm. I actually listened to uh, your late latest two episodes mm -hmm. at work today, Don. So yeah, well done, Don. Yeah. Keep up the great podcasting work. 
Fantastic. So the next story. Next story, that would be me. Yes. for you. Yeah, this is uh, on The Guide in Liverpool. Uh, Really? And uh, the headline is, you can now fly to these new destinations with Ryanair, really, again? God, (laughs) how did that happen? (laughs) Right. Uh, you can now fly to these des- new destinations with Ryanair from Liverpool John Lennon Airport. We can smell the suntan lotion and duty-free perfume from here. Summer is just around the corner and Ryanair are launching even more flights to even more destinations from Liverpool John Lennon Airport. I've already been on my flight, by the way. I'm, I don't think they're going to give me a new free flight just because <laughs> I keep reading that. <laughs> you never so, know, Matt. You uh, never this know. week sees the start of Ryanair's summer 2017 programme with an expansion of their operations which will see five new destinations being served during the summer and increases in frequency on existing services. The airline's expansion will bring up to an extra 15 departing flights per week and over 200,000 additional seats on sale from Liverpool compared to last year and an expected 11% growth with Ryanair passengers traffic. Um, the new routes... <laughs> The new routes uh, to be featured from Liverpool for this summer are to Prague, uh, Sofa, Sofia, Marrakesh, uh, Giro- Girona? Girona. Girona and Bari. In addition, there will be increased departures each week to Warsaw, Gran Canaria, pa- Palma, Faro, 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 Alicante <laughs> and Malaga. Uh, this will see Ryanair serve some 32 destinations from Liverpool this summer and further continuing the growth in passenger numbers that the airport has been experiencing over the last two years. Very exciting. Wow. Loads um, of such a busy. Mind you, they'll, they'll they'll need all these new aircraft that they're buying to uh, to service all these routes. Yeah, well, I think I think yeah, there's a lot to be said for the seven three seven Max. Max. Yeah, they've got yeah. the Max oh, coming they? soon. So oh, yeah, wow. they'll, but they'll need all they'll need yeah. them all. Yeah, and yeah. Mind they you, they need news. them now. I think <laughs> it's good news because they they're, they're going to need more new mm. crew as well. So yeah, it's good absolutely. news for employment yeah. stuff. So yeah, yeah. There we go. So uh, I think it's I think it's you next. Huh? It is me next. Yeah, so the absolutely. next story is on the Sun Ooh. website. Uh, one of our yes. famous reads here. Yes. In uh, the and unfortunately, UK. ladies and gentlemen, I will be unable <laughs> to show any pictures that should appear on this site, for which we discussed uh, in the pre-show. So if you yes. listen to the pre-show, yeah, you'll, you'll know why we can't yeah, put the pictures absolutely. on this. Thing. It's all right. I found another way of doing it. It'll be fine. So yeah. the story then on the Sun website is now overhead uh, cabins. Uh, now overhead cabins are seen as luxury. Airline charges extra for seats with reserved space for hand luggage. Virgin Australia's new economy X service offers more legroom, priority boarding and preferred overhead compartment storage. Mm. In recent years, the battle for cheap flights means airlines are constantly cost-cutting, charging for everything under the sun. But just as we've got used to paying for extra legroom and seat choices and checked-in luggage, along comes the new added extra, paying for the overhead cabin bin storage. Now, I know some of the airlines, I think, have been toying with this idea for a few uh, months now, but I didn't realise it's coming into play already. But uh, Virgin (coughs) Australia announced uh, this week that it's launching a new Economy X service, which is a souped-up version of their normal economy seats. Higher fares will be offered, uh, will offer economy class passengers more legroom, priority boarding and priority seat uh, security screening. Uh, but a new added perk which also caught the eye was a promise of preferred overhead compartment storage. Ooh. Virgin Australia spokesperson told Sunline it means the overhead locker above the Economy X seats is reserved for Economy X passengers only. Uh, He added that uh, this eliminates other passengers from putting their baggage in there and Economy X passengers having to find space for their bags elsewhere in the cabin. 
so now not only do you have to pay to choose your seat but it turns out that you even uh, you, can, you can't even be guaranteed a space for your hand luggage um, unless you're unless you've got one of these these massive economy x seats things um, but uh, yeah so there we go another uh, one of these um, stories about the overhead or mm. more more charging for this that and the yeah. other um, but Virgin Australia's uh, they've got a fleet of 75 737 aircraft mm. that are expected to be reconfigured to economy x by the end of May with uh, new seats on rows three to five mm. and the exit rows as well uh, the service is also going to be introduced onto its Virgin Australia's Airbus A330 aircraft, Boeing 777-300ERs, Embraer 190s, ATR jets, Fokker 70s and Fokker 100 jets. Indeed. So so basically, if you're going to walk on here and you've, you've paid for a cheap seat, mm. you better not put the luggage above your head if, no. if it's near someone who's got one of these Economy X seats. Indeed. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound good at all. They'll it? sling it out the window. Well, I mean, yeah. it, depends on, <laughs> I, it really depends on where you're going and yeah. how long you're going for. I mean, <clears throat> myself and Matt um, managed to get yeah, everything under the seat. Oh, did you? Oh, well done, um, guys. Yeah. Every, everything under the seat. Uh, but you, ma- you, we you obviously see us all the time, though, um, with oh, you, yeah. Owen. Yeah. You know, with, when you when people get on board your aircraft and the overhead bins are literally bulging at the seams. Yeah, with, <laughs> I um, mean, um, we, we get very, very good at playing luggage Tetris. That should be the boarding music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Forget yeah, airline specific yeah, 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 uh, yeah. jingles or yeah, anything yeah, yeah. like that. I, yeah. I personally think that the that the uh, uh, the uh, boarding music for for your aircraft should be um, uh, the. Um, oh, sorry. There we go. Wow! <laughs> Chill out, yeah, no. man. Yeah, the passengers are bored so much more easier with that music, don't you think? Yeah, the the, the music though is actually designed. <laughs> To make passengers board faster, really, deep plane faster, and it does work. Oh. Does uh, it? Yeah, because I have <laughs> experimented in not playing the music uh, a few times, and it 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 does slow it down by two or three minutes. It's really, kind of, it's lift music though. It's like <laughs> it works whatever way whatever it does. It definitely works, but I don't think that. Cool. Oh dear, Music oh dear, oh dear. Ladies and gentlemen, ter- <laughs> a terrible thing has just occurred, by the way. I've just, I've just been received, I've just been sent via WhatsApp a picture from the legend that is Nev. Oh no, um, what's Nev done? He's watching it on oh. his telly, look. That's a well, bit that's we've broken into <laughs> television. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're officially broadcasting on telly. <laughs> yeah. God, what you're what in widescreen. Hori- I know, I'm in high def and everything. You're in high def, I think, yeah, that's good, I like that. That's really frightening, yeah. yeah. <laughs> High def and surround sound. Surround sound. Surround sound? Oh, oh no, please don't make me do surround sound. I could barely do, like, you know, one channel here anyway. So. Oh, dear, never mind. I'll, I'll take my tablets. I'll oh, be all right in a minute. Anyway, uh, um, actually, br- just, for, just quickly on that story there, Mash has put in the chat room that uh, she always puts her stuff under the seat. It's much less hassle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, actually, I, I did that when we when we were, were going up. No, actually, sorry, I was originally doing that, and then we ended up being moved to the over, over wing seats, so we couldn't do that. I had to yeah. go above. But anyway, that's fine. No, it, it definitely is easier um, for both. Well, I'm not. It should be easier for passengers. I always, I always it, thought it was a safety issue when you put stuff under your seat in front of yeah. you. But obviously, they've you know, the they Well, no, I mean, there's there's a huge amount of space under mm. the seat, mm. um, and so long as it's not encroaching into the 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 space for other passengers to evacuate, uh, it's good. So that that's why you have the 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 smaller basket on most of the the carriers kind mm. of. Uh, cages that you measure the the luggage in 
that's why you've got the smaller basket because yeah. that's the size that is available yeah. under the seat. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's all you should really be putting in there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There we go. Oh, please, uh, please, please, from cabin crew to the general public, please <laughs> listen, come on board with listen. the correct size <laughs> yeah, of luggage. Make saves. sure you bring the right size with you. Yeah. yeah. So the next yeah. story, yeah, you, I'm going to uh, do this one. No, it, I'm going to do this. Oh, one. you're doing this yeah, one. I'm oh, going to do this one. And Matt's doing uh, this one. Yeah, the, the, it'll become apparent because the next one's a picture story, so it'll be oh, okay. easier if, if I do this. So this is the Sun newspaper, and the headline is "Plain Scary, Terrifying Moment: per- Moment Peruvian Airlines Passenger Jet Burst into Flames Before Skidding Off the Runway During Crash Landing in Peru." Now, I should just say that when we were in, when we were in Toulouse, uh, and uh, we we did actually ring you, didn't we? When we you were did, in, yeah, and, yeah. And, and they were talking about this. Now, Owen had apparently spotted this story before we'd taken off but made sure that I didn't see it essentially uh, before before we took off because I don't think that would have been a good thing but anyway this is the terrifying moment I'll play the video for you in a moment but this is the terrifying moment a passenger jet bursts into flames after skidding off a runway during an emergency landing in Peru the fire on the Boeing jet left a trail of black smoke and flames along the edge of the tarmac where it came to rest I mean these are terrible 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 pictures passengers flee the jet uh, as it bursts into flame during the crash landing some 141 people on board the jet fled in terror during the horrific landing uh, Peruvian Airlines said that the 737-300 jet drove off the runway for unspecified reasons during the scheduled landing after swerving to the right it said that all 141 passengers on the flight which originated in Lima were evacuated safe- safely now I must say the one thing that is absolutely Absolutely mind-blowingly awesome about this story is the fact that all 141 passengers mm. got off and and came to absolutely no harm whatsoever. I mean, that really is it's a it really is an amazing thing, isn't it? You think what, yeah. what what what's been involved in in something like this to to, to actually to be evacuate. able to do that to literally evacuate a massive aeroplane like that, get everyone off. I mean, that's, we're just playing the video for you on YouTube now. The yeah. the 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 the, 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 the um, flame trail behind it is is truly incredible. Really, it's just it's just amazing. This aircraft in in uh, question, the seven three seven three hundred, that was mm. uh, uh, just it was nearly twenty twenty five years old. I think it was wow. twenty near twenty four point eight mm. years old. It's a fairly old twenty four point eight. Yes, they do it in points. <laughs> okay, all right. But it was nearly twenty five years old. Mm. This uh, particular airframe. So it's um, yeah, it's quite an old mm. aircraft, but. Uh, yeah, slight issue with undercarriage. I presume there. it's very, very early, of early, a very early days yet to be asking the question: What actually happened? Yeah, well, I expect this will probably be, or probably already is, on the Aviation Herald. Simon's mm. uh, great site there mm. online, so you could probably read the report on mm. the, on there. It will probably be on there with with more pictures. I expect indeed. So, so those those of you who are watching on uh, YouTube, obviously you've just seen the video. For those of you listening to the audio podcast and you're not aware of this story, uh, we've actually taken it from the Sun newspaper. So if you search for if you put "plain scary" into their search engine on their channel, you'll you'll see. Um, the video that we just played out for you, but uh, yeah, it's um. So last story, yeah, uh, Owen, mm. on uh, on is for you. It's uh, it's come quite nice pictures for this. Mm. So this comes from BravoTV.com. Oh, oh, I, oh, as in the t- the Bravo TV show, mm. yeah, the yeah. Bravo TV show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it, the the headline is: Have you ever flown the best airline in the entire world? Mm-hmm. I like the thing. Perhaps you slept through the experience in your posh double bed. Oh, my, <laughs> oh no! The award for airline of the year was just doled out at a ceremony in Greece at this year's World Transportation Awards, 
And if you've flown a no-frills American carrier lately, you can probably guess that none of these took the top prize. How rude. <laughs> Absolutely, how rude. Possibly it was a European. <laughs> Low-cost carrier. <gasps> how rude. <laughs> none of those either, either I'm no, afraid. No, no, no. So, uh, which one did? Well... Who was it? Oh, and come on, don't keep us in suspenders. Ah, uh, suspense. I think You're not following this either. <laughs> no. Drum roll, please. Oh, no, that's the wrong one, sorry. <laughs> oh, dear. Where's okay. Jeff and his soundboard oh. when you need him? Oh, very oh there good. we go. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, that's similar enough. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it was Qatar Airways. Way. Who? There we go. Who? I say Qatar. I say Qatar. No, I don't. I say Qatar. You say tomato. I say, I say tomato. tomato. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, whatever. The uh, airline <laughs> scooped the award because of its innovation, service, hospitality, product design, and customer experience. Ooh. That all falls in line with the previous big news to come out of the company, which recently announced too much fanfare. It's new. <laughs> Sorry. No, We've not got that our kind very of own uh, <laughs> yeah. soundboard here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We don't need uh, no, a no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> We actually managed to do a show without you and everything, Carlos. You know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> <laughs> who needs Carlos? Yeah. Oh, Carry on. Need Carlos. Carry we on. Carry on. Yeah. That all falls in line with previous big news to come out at the company. Uh, too much fanfare. It's new business class product known as Q-Suite. Ooh. The setup is still generating major buzz because, of it, because it offers the first ever double bed available in business. <laughs> it has in parentheses just imagine the options <laughs> it also has a privacy panels that stow away allowing passengers in adjoining seats to create their own private room basically friends families and colleagues can have a flying suite for working dining or hanging out with those other business class riffraff getting too close. <gasps> oh, without class? those other business class riffraff yeah. getting too yeah, close. Yeah, because if you're flying business <laughs> class, obviously you are riffraff. Riff yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can now add a new goal to your travel bucket list, flying the world's best airline in the coolest new business class category. Might we also suggest a silk eye mask emblazoned, I woke up like this. For your utterly <laughs> enviable in-flight slumber. Lovely, lovely. Wow. Yeah, what, I mean, a, what an amazing... What a, I mean, we just popped the pictures up again. If you, you have, go, yeah. Yeah, if you yeah. go bravotv.com and search for Qatar Airways' best airline in the entire world, you will find uh, those pictures if you are listening to the audio version. It's just... They do look stunning. They do look stunning. Yeah, absolutely absolutely yeah, insane. Yeah. And uh, the, it looks like a velvet... Blankets there. I with, know. Uh, I know. Everybody's very comfortable, aren't they? <laughs> yes. And it's something that none of us will ever, ever, in a million years, be able to afford to do. Well, while you've been doing that story, right? Well, you've run well, the lottery. You've, been checked. Yeah. I, <laughs> you've, you've won the lottery, so we can you, all go on. I right? know. Yeah. While you ran that yeah. story, I yeah. I thought I'd check uh, to see how much it would cost me and you, Matt, oh, to fly no. to Doha in the double bed. Yeah, in Doha. In first yeah. class, <laughs> okay. Um, from from Heathrow right. uh, next Saturday because okay. I'm, I'm winning. I'm winning the lottery this Saturday. Just oh, so are you? Know. Okay. Um, so me and you to fly to Doha next weekend in first class. Um, there's okay. only eight, there's only eight seats left according to their website. Right. And uh, but we do get fifty kilos of luggage each. Fifty. Right. Okay. So so we could zero. Put, so we could probably put we Owen in. Owen. The, yeah, yeah. Put Owen in the case and yeah. almost. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, um, so for me, you to fly first class, London Heathrow to Doha, and this mm. is on their triple seven three hundred. Uh, it would uh, it would cost us just a 
just a three quid please, over. Please, please, the suspense <laughs> is genuinely killing me. Um, seven thousand three hundred and three pounds and thirty-four pence. One way. That's one way. Yeah. One <laughs> way. You don't even get yes. to come home. What's wrong? Oh, sorry. What, are we oh. swimming home? <laughs> uh, well, let's just do the return flight. There we oh, go. How are we? There we go. There we go. I'm, I'm genuinely right. despairing. Okay, return. Okay, okay. we'll go, we'll go return so we okay. can get home. Right. So th- get thanks. Home. Thanks very much. Yeah. Um, so to, to for us to go home as well, uh, it would we'd have to find fourteen thousand two hundred and fifty-six pounds. So you and you've ninety-four pence. Ninety-four. Ninety-four. I think Round I might be up able or to down. Do Seriously, I mean, just <laughs> I might be able to pro- provide the ninety-four cents. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, fourteen grand. So, if we we want to try their first class, all right. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll I'll have a dig around the underneath of the sofa, see what I can this find. This isn't even in first class. This what? is first class. No, no, the double bed. Oh, the double bed. Really? It's in business class. It's in business. Oh, that's cheaper. Uh, we could fly cheaper. I bet it's not if it involves a double bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is act- actually, it is a Why would you cheaper. need a double bed? I mean, they're, you know. But the good thing is, when you do pay your 14 grand, right. you do you, get. They feed you, do they? You, know, you do get free cancellations and a free change if you need to change your details. That's any. very generous. And you them. probably could get a try in a double bed if they had the seats. I don't think they'd be too disappointed in downgrading you. <laughs> so there we go. 14, gr- well, 14 grand yeah. and, and we're there. Right, okay. So are you doing Euro Millions uh, tonight just out of interest? No, no, yeah, no. I can't no. even afford to look no, at that. No, no, no. I can't even afford the <laughs> ticket for the Euro Millions let alone, actually, <laughs> no, let alone actually get on a plane and do that. So there we go. For anyone in the chat room who wants to, uh, wants to try that, just mm. uh, go on to Qatar's website right. and uh, book yourself up a flight. Yeah. please do... Do, do think let, of your friends. Let, you let win, us win, know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you win the lottery, then please do, <laughs> please do, uh, do let us know. We'd love to do a segment from the... The yeah. lovely Barbara in the chat room yeah. has put, uh, Qatar is pronounced in English like Qatar, the mucus that builds up in your respiratory Qatar, system. right, okay. See, to me, that just sounds like a Klingon <laughs> word. You know, we're in the world of Star Trek here, and it's just, you know, we, we're speaking fluent Klingon. But anyway, uh, anyway, enough <laughs> anyway, of this nonsense. Enough, you see, enough, enough <laughs> of this nonsense. Yeah, it is, time, uh, it is time for us to welcome our house-trained pilot uh, for this evening. We've we got a, a segment from we Pip. We do. We have a great Yay. segment from Pip. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, basically an interview a really good interview with, with a 737 pilot. pilot. Yeah. So uh, strap yourselves in, guys. Uh, it's a long one, and uh, we're in for a real treat. Here it, we... What did you say? It's a long one? It is. That's what she said. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, carry Professionalism on. Professionalism at its finest. Okay, here we go. Right, anyway, so <laughs> brace yourselves. Here comes Pip, everyone. Let's go. Woo-hoo. Plane safety from the flight deck with pilot Pip. Hey everyone, Pip here. I'm here at Sywell Aerodrome in Northamptonshire, just uh, not too far from where I live. A lovely little airfield. Pretty quiet today. There's been a few uh, single engine things going. The Blades aerobatic team are based here. We've just been watching them. And uh, well, I'm here with my uh, friend and fellow pilot and ex-colleague, Captain Mike. And I thought something for a, a little change, something a bit different. I'm going to talk to Mike about his career in aviation so far, some of the aeroplanes he's flown and what he's doing these days. So, say hello everybody to Captain Mike. Hello everybody. 
Awesome. Now, Mike, we're here, as we do probably about once a month, we come up here for a, a bacon sandwich, um, some sausages and a, a fat boy breakfast. And that's kind of how it started. We, or I met you first about probably 11, 12 years ago when we were both working together uh, at Cranfield doing the, the aerial survey up at Simmons Aerofilms, which uh, our job largely consisted of bacon sandwich inspecting. We'd start the day off with a bacon sandwich and we'd probably have another bacon sandwich and occasionally we would go flying. Uh, and it's a tradition that we've, we've carried on. We meet up about once a month and have a, a good old bacon sandwich and nosh up. But that was uh, 11 years ago, but it obviously started much earlier for you. So tell us how you first got into aviation. Well, for me, my dad um, still flies ready-controlled aircraft. He made some fantastic scale models. And so before I was even walking, I was flying ready-controlled aircraft. I had a transmitter in my hand, so I was flying them from a very early age. I was lucky enough to um, be brought up on a farm on the edge of an airfield. And on the airfield was a gliding club. So when I was 16, like yourself, I learned to fly gliders. So that was your first experience, going gliding, and you went solo at uh, that age as well? Um, yeah, 17 when I went solo. Okay. And then how did you get into powered flying? Did you go for a PPL? Um, yeah, I, sort of, I did gliding, I went to college, university, then I got my PPL. Then after I combined the PPL and the gliding, I ended up doing a bit of glider towing. Quite so, and that's something you're still very involved with these days. You're a, a, an active gliderer gliding pilot, a glider pilot, uh, but you also help out with the club and you're an active tug pilot, so you regularly tugging people off. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Well, not quite so much these days, but yeah, I still do fly the tug aircraft. Yeah. So um, you got a PPL and then obviously at some point you went down the commercial route uh, and an ATPL, that was probably back in the, back in the old days before the, the current system. So how did you get your, P, uh, your uh, CPL and ATPL? Um, yeah, well, I was sort of towing at a small gliding club and I was working as an engineer in a pretty dead-end job and I thought, yeah, I actually want to be a proper commercial pilot. And back then we had the um, self-improver route, where if you had 700 hours flying time, you're exempt from all the um, actual training, you just took the exams. So I got a job at the London Gliding Club at Dunstable for a summer, flying the tug aircraft. And how old were you then? Um, about 23. And that got you your 700 hours? Yeah, one summer I did sort of 3,500 toes over 500 hours. Awesome, so that got you your CPL and so what was your first commercial job? I got a part-time job flying jockeys to race courses. And that was on the 41 wasn't it, the Cessna 41, the Golden Eagle? That was a Piper Dakota which is like a Piper Warrior with a big engine right. and also a little bit on the Cessna 303 which is a twin. There wasn't a huge amount of flying on that. Okay. And what was that, just around the UK? Um, around the UK and sort of into France a few times. Yeah. Flying jockeys, wow, interesting. But you, you did fly the Golden Eagle at some point, didn't you? I seem to remember you saying. Um, yeah, the year after that, I got a, again, a, a freelance work flying a, a Cessna 41. Pretty short-lived, but um, yeah, great aircraft. It is, and then that's, I suppose, you moved on from there. Was that into uh, up at Cranfield to, to Aerofilms following that? Yeah, that's right. I joined the um, survey company about a year before yourself. And yeah, that's where we met. Yeah, so you've been there about a year, and then I came along... You were the kind of the top dog, and we were flying again the Cessna 400s, the the 402B G Map, which uh, sadly scrapped quite recently, wasn't it? Following a bit of a landing gear ding, and uh, Golf Bravo Whiskey Lima Foxtrot, or Wilf, as we lovingly referred to him. What did you think of those aeroplanes? Yeah, I loved them because when I started the survey company, we had an Aztec, a battered old Aztec, which I was sort of flying that, being the new boy back then. Yeah. 
But after that, uh, we sold that, bought the 404, and you came along, and yeah, the Cessnas were great aircraft. Yeah, they really were. So, as top dog, you had first dibs on the 404, and I got to fly the 402, which was a great aircraft as well. But the 404 was something else, wasn't it? With those big geared engines, it was uh, quiet and comfortable and, and robust. Really good machine. Yeah, very, very nice aircraft with great sound as well. Yeah. So, what were some of your highlights from those couple of years doing the surveying? Um, the obvious one, probably the same for yourself. We spent a month in Iceland, and that's just fantastic scenery there. Yeah, that was good. I, I did that trip as well. Um, we had a, I, an ongoing project, I'm not sure with who, but we would go up once, twice a year up into Iceland and oh, just do some amazing flying low level round the valleys and uh, round the glaciers and all kinds of stuff. It was just uh, one of the most memorable um, experiences. Uh, but we were sort of involved in all sorts of projects at Aerofilms. Were there any, any other ones, any other international trips that you got involved with? Not really, I went to Holland a few times, yeah. but I think you went to, is it Moldova? Yeah, I went to Moldova, spent a, six weeks or so over there. Um, yeah, we went to, I was involved in a big project as well over Belgium. That wasn't quite so interesting. You know, some of the work was uh, a lot of fun doing this low-level stuff like coastal surveys or I don't know what, but then a lot of it, particularly the, the mapping work, was very dull, wasn't it? Just droning around at maybe 8,000 feet flying racetrack patterns for hours and hours on end. And I, I don't know about you, but I found that really hard work sometimes, particularly on a hazy day, because we couldn't use autopilot. That just wasn't accurate enough. We'd have to fly these very precise racetrack patterns uh, or stick and rudder work, and it really kind of zapped your concentration, didn't it? How, how did you find it? Yeah, that was pretty dull, and the 404 had an endurance of like seven hours, I think, with the equipment we had on board. Yeah. So seven hours of survey work, very accurate flying, was, um, yeah, you're pretty knackered towards the end of it. Yeah, it really was, but um, some of it was great as well. We used to go up to Scotland as well, didn't we, and uh, fly around the Highlands and uh, maybe have a night stop in Oban or, or somewhere like that. Or Dundee, I remember going to quite a few times. And that was as well. We sort of flew over London low level quite a bit, and that's, yeah, interesting stuff. That's right, and that was a challenge in itself. I mean, doing the, all that survey work right over the centre of London, kind of a thousand feet AGL, or even less sometimes, I seem to remember. But that was a challenge just from a, a deconfliction service. We used to have, you remember, we used to have to get up at crazy o'clock in the morning to be airborne almost at first light, because it was the only time Heathrow had let us in. Uh, it was quite amazing. It was um, good fun. Maybe we should tell the story of the time we almost put a Cessna 404 through the office window. I don't know. What do you think? It was, it was a close one. It was, um, yeah, it was a pretty scary time, that was. What, uh, what happened? It was, I've got to say, hand on heart here, it was almost entirely your fault. <laughs> well, it takes two to make a mistake. Um, yeah, we turned the 404 out with the mechanical tug and um, sort of parted the sort of rudder towards the office windows. And I think we released it off the tug, we had some chocks behind the wheels, but we were on a slight slope. So the aircraft rolled off the tug, went over the chocks, and was now rolling backwards towards the office windows. It was accelerating backwards towards the office windows, and the Cessna 404 was like, what, four or five tonnes? Yeah, it was a heavy aircraft, and we had superhuman strength that day, didn't we? We did. We found from somewhere we kind of pulled back our shirts and had our Superman outfits on, and somehow, I don't know how we managed it, but between the two of us, I think I grabbed a prop, and you were kind of behind the wing pushing it. It's like, oh my God, the tail's about to go through this huge glass window directly into the, the office and, and kill the receptionist. So we kind, of <laughs> we kind of didn't really tell anyone about that, I think, did we? No, and there was inches from the rudder and the window. It was, um, it was close. That would have been a big mess. So, well, anyway, that was uh, that job, and that was a lot of fun. So you left, and I stayed on a bit longer. But uh, 
you left to take up a, a job that you're still doing 10, 11 years later. So tell us about that. What, what are you doing these days? Um, yeah, I left and went to a company I like to call Acme Cargo. The first job was on the Lockheed Electra. I was a first officer for two years. Now, that's just about the coolest aeroplane you could possibly fly. The Lockheed Electra. What was the designation? It was the L... L-188. The L-188. But that was an utterly cool aeroplane. If you don't know what the Electra is, folks, it's... Uh, well, tell us about it, Mike. What was the, what was the Electra all about? It's um, almost like a civilian Hercules in a way. The same technology as a Hercules, the same sort of size. So it's a four-engine turboprop. Max takeoff weight was 52 tonnes. It was an awesome, awesome aeroplane. And so you guys were... And it's old as well. It was... When did it first get um, produced? I think it was 58. So I just came off the fleet's just before they turned 50 years old, the aircraft. Wow. So uh, these are big old heavy turboprops, and you, of course, being a cargo outfit, were using them for, for hauling around uh, freight. What sort of what were the typical routes you were flying? Uh, with Electra, bits around the UK, but mostly into Europe. And what sort of stuff? We were flying mail and also for the sort of parcel carriers. What was it like to fly? Because it's just such a, a unique aeroplane. I mean, they're probably the ones that you had are the last flying ones. Of course, people, if you've seen, uh, what's that, that program called? Uh, Ice Pilots. Ice Pilots. If you watch that, you'll recall an episode where they came across to the UK and bought uh, all of Mike's old Electras. Um, so there are probably a few flying around as, as uh, firebombing aircraft over it. Was it the Canada or the States they went to? There's a Canada. I think they operate to as cargo aircraft. The rest were converted to fire bombers. But what was it like to uh, what was it like to fly? Um, well, it's a two crew to operate is hard work. A lot going on. But actually, just purely hand flying the aircraft is lovely. Very light, very powerful. Now I remember you. I came up to visit you up at your home base, and you showed me around. And that thing is just immense. I remember in the flight deck, which is bigger than my living room, but you each had a set of four throttles, there was a captain's throttles and the FO had his own throttles there were eight throttles all together and like a coffee table in between them it was just a, an immense beast Yeah, it's just my first multi-crew aircraft I flew, so actually when you're just doing it, it's your job, you don't actually think that much of it, but when I've looked at them since then I sort of think, yeah, they're pretty impressive aircraft Yeah, so you flew that for how long? Uh, two years And then what happened after that? Well, the recession started at that point, unfortunately um, we had quite a few parked up, but I was given the chance to fly the ATP. Uh, perhaps folks aren't familiar with the ATP. What's, uh, tell us what, that's, uh, what ATP means and, and what it is. Well, it stands for Advanced Turboprop, which when they developed it back in the late 80s, it was fairly advanced. But yeah, it's a two-engine turboprop, same sort of size as a Dash 8. Um, yeah, it's 23-tonne takeoff weight, so it's a lot lighter, a lot smaller than the Electra. But it's more modern and a new challenge. But doing largely the same sort of routes and the, the same work. Yeah, exactly the same sort of work, yeah, same routes. Now, I mean, the, you're doing night freight primarily, aren't you? So you're kind of flying the, the back end of the clock. I mean, you're literally a fly-by-night pilot. It, how, how's that? I mean, that must be pretty, pretty tough to get used to, always sort of night flying early in the morning. Yeah, it seems me personally. I mean, there's a lot of people going to the job. They can't cope with sleeping in the daytime and they, they move on. But for me, it suits me. I can cope with it. So you, uh, you went in as an FO on the ATP. How, how long were you in the right-hand seat? I wasn't actually, I went straight to the left-hand seat, so my first command was on a new type as well. Ah, I, okay, I didn't realise that. Well, I, I probably didn't, I had forgotten. But you, you weren't a captain on the Electra, were you? No, I wasn't, so I went straight from the right seat Electra to left seat of the ATP. All oh, right, well, that's kind of a, a double challenge then, getting used to a new aeroplane and getting your first multi-crew command. How, how, how was that for you? 
It's hard that every FO you're flying with is more experienced on site than yourself. So you have to look up and trust the first officers you're flying with. Yeah, well, of course, it's, it's a, uh, a multi-crew teamwork uh, environment. So actually having an experienced FO next to you is... Uh, while it might personally be a, kind of a, a bit awkward or embarrassing almost perhaps, I don't know, but uh, it's a, I'm sure he or she is a, a great resource. So you were flying around on the ATP for how long? Uh, seven years. And nice aeroplane generally? What was, what was that like to fly? It's okay. It's um, very underpowered, but I'm very fond of it. It's my first command, so I have fond memories of the ATP. So obviously you're not on the ATP anymore. What's uh, what, what are you doing these days? You're still at that same company, but you've moved on to, to bigger and faster things. Yeah, about 18 months ago I had the opportunity to fly the 737. Our company have now got around 15 737s. So I went as a first officer on the 737. So your first jet type, um, that's quite a step up, I suppose, from, a, from an ATP. What was, uh, what was that like? A big difference? Was it a lot to get your head around? Interesting, not really. It's the same company, exactly the same routes, same sort of flying, just a different aircraft. So it's um, easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You didn't find it a big jump from, from turboprop to jet? Not really, no. Yeah, I mean, people always kind of make a big deal about it, don't they? But uh, remember when I did it, right, slightly different aircraft, I went from the Beach 1900 uh, to the Hawker. Um, but really, I mean, things happen a little bit quicker, you could fly a bit higher. But otherwise, it's, it's generally the same thing. It wasn't that big a jump. Um, for me personally, the, bi the biggest thing I, I found, um, or the biggest challenge, was, was converting from single pilot from the survey world to operating multi-crew. That took me a, a little while to get my head around. It um, took a few hours in the sim, and a few hours on the line, in fact, before things finally clicked. Did you find that at all? Um, yeah, I found it easier, flying multi-crew, I think. A lot of stuff's already done for you, and you say, sharing the workload... Yeah, absolutely, no doubt it's easier. It just, uh, for me anyway, it took a, a little while just to, to get used to that division of, of duty. Um, anyway, so you're, what, what 737s are you flying? Um, we have the 300s and the 400s. So fairly old ones. Yeah, they're, they're called the classics for a reason, but yeah, they're pretty old. They're about, the oldest ones are about 30 years old. Wow. So, and some of them are kind of really old-fashioned steam-driven dials, and, uh, but you've got some EFIS ones as well, I think? Yeah, we have um, three non-EFIS aircraft, so using the old-fashioned dials. They've still got the flight management system, they still do the same stuff as the EFIS aircraft. It's just where the information is displayed, it's a bit more basic. Okay, and is it a, I don't know, is it, is it much easier to fly on those EFIS-equipped aircraft? Uh, for situational awareness, definitely. But the non-EFIS aircraft I'm flying one tonight up to Edinburgh, and it's a straightforward route, it's, it'll, be, it'll be fine. <laughs> Great, so you went on to the 737 in the right-hand seat... How long were you there for? Uh, that's right, went through and see only for about sort of, um, eight, nine months. Then I was given the chance of a command, which obviously I took. Awesome, so you're now Captain Mike, officially 737 Captain. Are you enjoying it still after uh, sort of 10, 11 years doing the night cargo stuff? Yeah, it's um, essentially still the same job, different aircraft, but um, yeah, still enjoy it. Anything particular then in the future? I know your company also has a small handful of 767s. Any chance of perhaps getting onto those one day? Uh, possibly, but they're based out in Europe, whereas I'm currently based in the UK, very close to where I live. So at the moment it suits me. A bit more experience on 737 will be good. Well, that's work. And then also you, you're still flying for pleasure. You, you mentioned the gliding. You also do a bit of 
powered flying. I know uh, it was about a year ago you were good enough to uh, take myself and Isaac up in that DR500 Robin, 400, whatever it is, up in the, the, the Robin aircraft. That was great fun. So you, you still do a bit of the old powered flying for pleasure. I do, not as so much as I want to. Time dictates. I, I can't do too much. But, um, yeah, I still do a bit of gliding, still fly the glider stock aircraft. Uh, that's still my passion, I'd say. All right, well, since this is for the UK... Uh, plane talking show they ask everybody all their pilots everyone who comes on the show if you had a choice and you could get to fly any aircraft sort of living or retired what would you choose that's no question Spitfire obviously Spitfire okay interesting in fact there's, they got a Spitfire or they used to have a Spitfire based here at Cywell uh, I think it uh, had a bit of an incident last year did it not I think so, and um, yeah, they've got a two-seat Spitfire here, and I think um, Pip's going to pay for me to fly on it later. Absolutely, it's only like five or six thousand pounds for a thirty-minute flight. Yeah, that's no problem. Spitfire. Okay, now let me push you a little further. And if you had to fly any sort of jet trans or any transport aircraft, what would you uh, what would you choose? Um, a seven four seven. Yeah, how can you not choose the seven four seven? It's just I know Captain Nick will go seven four seven, but it's iconic. Any chance you might do that? Do you think in the future? Um, never say never, maybe, hopefully. Yeah. Okay, well, it would be nice perhaps if uh, Acme Cargo got themselves some 747s, but uh, that's probably not likely with the routes they're flying. Well, before we uh, wrap this up, uh, I should just say that you have produced some really awesome videos. Mike has quite a talent for strapping GoPro cameras onto stuff and making some great videos. I've seen you do some videos of GoPros attached to your kids' push chairs and on the end of their feeding spoons and things, but you also are very good at attaching them to gliders and the tug aircraft. And some of you, in fact, listening, may well have seen some of Mike's videos because I, I, when he posts them, I retweet them. And there's one video in particular that you've done that has become quite popular. It's got, what you were saying earlier, like 6,000 views. It's the one, you've got a glider and you've put a whole bunch of sticky tape along the wings with some sort of string on it and you've been doing some stalls and loops and things and you, it's a really great visualization demonstration of uh, airflow across the wing and during the stall and that, that's become quite a popular video I think. It has, I did that about um, five years ago just for my own amusement to see what the airflow did during the stall and the spin and I'd also put on Facebook just to show some of my friends and one asked, guy asked me to, if he could share it so I made it public. And then after that, it went crazy. It's been shared 6,000 times on Facebook. I think I put it on Twitter. It's been viewed 20,000 times on Twitter. But it's just me playing around just for my own benefit, really. But um, it's become quite popular. Yeah, they're great videos. I retweeted as well. I know a lot of people retweeted my retweet. It's a great video. But that's not the only one. You've done a whole bunch. And you, you, lately you've been experimenting, I think, with uh, stabilised, gyro-stabilised cameras, right? That's why I have a stabilised mount. I've also got a new mount I've made where I want to do a loop with the glider where the camera stays level with the horizon. So hopefully in the next few weeks the weather's okay, I'll, I'll try that mount. But yeah, a few ideas still in the pipeline. Awesome. Well, if you want to uh, see some of these videos, you can, if you like, you can follow Mike on Twitter. And his Twitter ID is... At uh, MikeGibbons2. So that's Mike Gibbons, M-I-K-E-G-I-B-B-I-N-S, and the number two, Mike Gibbons too. Go and check out some of his awesome videos. Well, Mike, thanks very much indeed for uh, agreeing to do this little interview. Great, thanks, Pip. Cheers. Okay, everybody, um, see you all later. See you on the next podcast. Bye. Wow. 
Such a great interview, Pip. Thank well you done, so very Pip. Much. Absolutely, absolutely well done. Yeah. yeah, absolutely well done. There's been loads of comments in the chat room. We've all been doing uh, doing mm. that particular segment of the show. Everyone uh, is giving you a massive mm. pat on the back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. with good reason. Thanks. Yeah, very well thanks. done. Very, very, well very done, flattered Pip. that you chose our, our platform to to share with yeah. uh, Pip. So thank, thank you, you very very much. Nice. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So don't forget, if you want to uh, catch Pip, you can uh, find him over at the Plane Talk, uh, Plane Safety Podcast. Well, no, you can podcast. find him here too. <laughs> you can find him here too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, find yeah. him over on uh, iTunes at the Plane Safety Podcast mm. and uh, check out Pip's uh, latest episode, which I listened to this week. And uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm. So uh, well done, Pip. Well... Well, so uh, <laughs> the, we've the got time to, has come. <laughs> we've uh, just got quick to uh, mention in the chat room. We've got uh, Matthew Bunting Frame, uh, one of our listeners who lives uh, quite a fair distance from where yeah. we are here in the UK. Yeah. Um, but uh, Matt has one, been one of the latest recipients of one of our uh, Plain Talking UK T-shirts, and uh, I'm, I'm proud to say that uh, the Royal Mail really, really excelled themselves uh, this time. Uh, it only took them 23 days hey, that's uh, not to bad. get uh, a T-shirt to, uh, to Matthew <laughs> over in Australia. Um, so Ma- Matthew's got uh, Matthew's got our T. Hopefully the T-shirt yep. fits him okay. Yep. Uh, perhaps uh, perhaps uh, you can send us a, a photo of yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. wearing the T-shirt, uh, Mr. Yeah. Bunting Frame. That'd be good. And just on that note, uh, our guest this evening, uh, uh, we have our very own model, has <laughs> actually yeah, got his yeah. very own PTUK yeah. T-shirt <laughs> on as well. We, this. Oh, can't oh, really see. Can't, no, no, no. There we go. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. He's going to model for us. There we yeah, go. There, 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 there. there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold yeah, on. There. Let's play some music while he's modelling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make him dance. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. See, very good. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. See, look, ladies and gentlemen, if you if you do <laughs> lots of gym exercise and things like that, you can look like that in a t-shirt as well. Yeah, <laughs> you too can look as marvelous as mm. marvelous as Owen yeah, it's does. Not there, fair, is my it? exercise Honestly. is just walking up and down a cabin. Well, yeah, that, that's really the actually, only exercise. Owen, that have I you ever do. thought of getting one of those pedometer things where <gasps> you can measure you how so many? Do that just to see. See how many miles you do on one trip. I worked it out, and it works out at about two kilometers for uh, anything over two and a half. Hours sector, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So oh, there we go. It comes in walking, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good. So I mean, that would be five kilometers mm. a day for anything that's over mm. kind of two and a half hours for one sector. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, well done. That's a lot of walking. I should just say, actually, as, uh, sorry to interrupt. As Pip has just said, actually, thanks must go to his friend Mike as well. Yes. Uh, Mike Gibbons too, as he said. So it's Mike M I. Uh, if you want to find him on Twitter, Mike uh, M I. K E G I B B I N S two. Yes, it was a great interview. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So don't forget if you want to grab yourself one of these, uh, one of our PTUK T-shirts, if you make yourself uh, known over on our website and click on the. the uh, is it the uh, shop? Shop. Shop. Shop or store. Yeah, or the shop. If you just store. go to the homepage. You'll go see to the it, uh, yeah. homepage on our website, and there'll be the link there. You can go on and uh, click on mm. using PayPal, and you can uh, audio, uh, uh, yep. pay and uh, and yeah. I, That's right. Yes. Yeah, so I tend to yeah. post them off quite quick. Yeah, you do. I do. Yeah, so, quickly, so yeah. for those who are interested, again, it is www.plaintalkinguk.com. I'm just doing. Should have been a <laughs> bit more organised. Yeah, you should have it as a, okay. a favourite on your desktop. Yeah, no, I built it. Why would I do that? Uh, yes, absolutely. So it's www.plaintalkinguk.com forward slash store. There we are. There we go. For those of you absolutely. in the chat room, yep. you'll be able to see there. There's the homepage for our website on the right hand yep. side. There, the store button there, or yep. store. Um, yep. A little click on bit there. Yep. 
Yeah, and indeed. you can. Uh, there's our very own Matthew Caton, who's wearing yep. our T-shirt there yep. on the page. Yep. And uh, yeah, so grab yourself a T-shirt. Yep. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Glenn Tyler's put. Just need to wait thirty days for yep, delivery. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, that's not. That's not a bad turnaround. Let's be honest. Oh dear. Okay. There we go. And uh, well, I uh, we've got one uh, more uh, special, 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 very special video. Mm. Uh, to play for you on the show this evening, and as some of you in our Twitter uh, chat group yeah. uh, might already in the know, Twitter sphere, yes. Twitter sphere might know uh, that these two lovely young men here on this table with me in the, in the <laughs> studio this evening had a little trip over to the Airbus factory this week, mm. and uh, I have to say that uh, the guys rubbed it in royally. Not no. just the, not as just the fact we would do not just the fact that they were at the Airbus factory looking at aircraft. Yeah. making me feel incredibly uh, jealous but also the fact that when they actually video called me on that morning here in the UK it was not very nice outside no. and where that's, they that's were surprised. where they were sitting at their well, you don't, cafe you, you, you don't call it the poo cave <laughs> for nothing do you let's be honest <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sitting at their cafe yes, yes. with a glorious blue sky and yeah. sunshine behind uh, them mm-hmm. yeah and uh, they, uh, if it's any consolation, don't feel too special. I, I rang all of my friends and did exactly the same to to them. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah there, was, there was four or five phone yeah. calls. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we sat there for about forty minutes, just literally ringing people, uh, showing them the beautiful blue sky behind us. Well, uh, we, we, I should Matt stress did. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, I do. Uh, purely and simply because you'd show me how terrible the weather was where you were, so yeah, I thought oh, I need no. to rub this in with all of my friends, uh, and I was horrible about it. Yes. So Matt and Owen <laughs> done a video while they were there and. It's, I've seen the video, a bit through bits of the video. It's an awesome video of their uh, trip over to the Airbus factory in Toulouse. Mm. And uh, Matt, you had you had a flight over there on uh, on our favourite airline, didn't you? How how was the f- uh, how was the flight for you then? Um, mm. Okay, yeah. so um, <laughs> let's watch the video and uh, and we'll, we'll talk about. You'll see in the video basically. Uh, you'll you'll see go. in the video Matt uh, r- ripping the armrests <laughs> off, no, the, no, off no, the seats. No, 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 no. And perspiring, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, let's watch, let, let's watch the video and then we'll talk about it uh, okay. when we let's come watch back. The video. So, here we go then. So, this is mine and Owen's little trip to the wonderful, and I do mean the gloriously beautiful city. Is it a city? Oh, yeah, a city, yeah. the city of Toulouse. Here Woo-hoo. we go. Right, good morning. It is uh, coming up to about five to five on Wednesday, the 29th of um, March, and um. I'm going on my test flight, and uh, I'm currently in Bishop Storford. I'm with somebody you might recognise. Hey guys! <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're basically waiting for a bus, which is um, now here, so we better go. Yes. <laughs> right, we've just arrived at uh, Stansted. I just we're just coming on a public bus because I, I, I went to Owens basically, and, and we we got it in because we won't talk about parking. That's a that's a topic for the show, I think. Um, I've just got on the weirdest bus ever because it was basically it was a public bus, but it was me and uh, like two other non-air uh, crew people essentially. So it was a public bus full of cabin crew and Swissport staff. So it's a very strange experience. But uh, yeah, we're at the terminal. Uh, we're doing it now. There's, there was a bit of a, a security issue apparently at Stansted yesterday. So I'm probably going to not do anything till we get to the other side of the departure gate because I don't think they take too kindly me to taking a camera out. So yes, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, uh, we're off to Toulouse. Off to Toulouse. Let's go. Let's go. We're now airside. We're through departure, uh, not departures. Yeah, security. Depart- yeah, yeah, security. Oh. We're through security. And I'm here purely and simply uh, because uh, we're looking at an information screen about departures. And um, 
There's a little uh, message on the screen that uh, I think Nev would be very interested in seeing. So, NevTech, this is especially for you. Hey guys, it's Matt Nowen here, and we are currently flying at 30,000 feet and on our way to Toulouse. And uh, sitting here on a really nice, comfortable Ryanair flight. Matt's uh, giving a, a cheeky little grin there. I, uh, <laughs> I don't think he quite agrees with me. <laughs> Actually, actually, to be fair, it is uh, surprisingly roomy because we're not in the seats that we booked, but they actually move us to the uh, over-exit over seats. Um, and seriously, I'm sitting somewhere where I've never had so much... I, I could quite happily fly to Pittsburgh on this plane right now. Uh, there is so much legroom, it's ridiculous. It's just like, I need to reserve these seats in the future. It's amazing. Yeah, so we had an early start this morning, as you saw. We got through security pretty okay, and... Uh, Neither of us set off the beeper, which is a first for me anyway. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it's the first time I've gone through airport security where I, I haven't been patted down by someone. So I won't lie, I'm a little disappointed. But, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were just making an observation uh, when we were, we were sitting down to, to breakfast. Um, both of us have vastly different experiences of uh, the first part of, of traveling on airline in that before security and going through security stresses me quite uh, out quite a bit and uh, Matt was pretty ironically uh, pretty okay for that whole part of it not nervous at all and chatty and really keep me calm <laughs> we interrupt this lovely recording to uh, listen to the great sounds of Ryanair's cabin crew selling us everything that we don't need to buy That's almost like a bargain. Yes, yeah, so it was an interesting experience because um, I, I wasn't overly um, stressed coming through security. Um, I suppose because having always done it from the passenger side, I suppose it, it, it wasn't particularly stressful. But um, I, I was all right really until we sat down in in Weatherspoons, and it kind of sort of hit me. It's like, okay, we're now airside, and uh, I've actually got to do this. I've actually got to get on an aeroplane. It's it's really quite scary. So uh, yeah, a bit. Um, bit much uh, I have to be honest I, I was struggling a little bit really and I think I think really the worst the worst bit for me is the panic well not panic as such because I didn't quite get panicky but once once we got on the little we had to get on the little monorail to go to the other side for the for the terminal bits and it was um, I was sort of, sort of a little bit shaky and and, and that uh, but uh, yeah it was pretty it was pretty good yeah then we went through to the gate and uh that's where the kind of the uh, the panic switched sides a little bit, and uh, Matt was a little bit more nervous, a little bit quieter, um, and then we had a an interesting incident uh, on board when the GPU failed and uh, and the lights went out, and Matt had a, a little bit of. A, a, a panic attack, but we I quickly explained uh, that lights would be coming back on in you know 20 seconds or so, and uh, nothing really to be worried about. Calm down, and uh, then we're pretty much on our way. The doors closed, and uh, we push back for uh, for a flight to Toulouse. See, now I've always been told that that you must always trust the Irish because they're very trustful individuals. Um, I have to say, uh, my personal experience of that is that you should never trust an Irishman. 
because uh, I think it's safe to say a, a very sneaky uh, distraction technique was used by Owen to keep me uh, calm. I had um, okay, my what's what's happening now? We just started descending. Okay, so we've just started our descent into uh, it. This is the the top of descent. Okay, um, and um, yes. Uh, <laughs> We were busy chatting away, and um, one of the one of the really cool things that we we saw um, it was like, it's kind of like traffic lights, but for aeroplanes on, on the runway, which is really cool. It was because uh, we were there was about four or five um, flights all stacked uh, coming from um, near where where we were boarding, and uh, it was literally like you know we were queued up to take out, and it was great because it was like the red lights, and I'm sure to all the pilots out there, this is perfectly normal and not something that I'd, I'd never really noticed before because to be honest this is one of the first times that I've actually looked out the window when I've been uh, looking to take off but it's uh, it's like a strip of red lights at the top of your taxiway um, those lights then go out uh, so that the plane at the front of the queue then goes through and as soon as that plane is through they then go red again and I've never really seen that or noticed that before so as I say it was like, like the coolest traffic lights but for an aeroplane like ever and uh, we were sitting there talking about that and uh, talking about uh, uh, the podcast obviously that you're listening to right now ironically and um, suddenly uh, he was doing such a good job of distracting me we were then roaring down the runway and, and it was it was like almost too late for me to start, start panicking and that was it we were in the air and off we went and uh, I say since then I'm I, I'm all right now I think I'm, I'm, I'm okay I'm 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 getting a bit nervous now because, as I say, we're now coming into uh, when all the pressure, pressure changes and everything happen because well, we sort of dropped out. We've now been told to put our seatbelts on, uh, so we got. Um, I'm a bit. I'm sort of beginning nervous a bit now because we're sort of on our approach. But uh, yeah, it's been a really nice flight. It's a glorious day. It's beautifully sunny outside, um, and I think. Uh, well, yeah, we were sort of cruising at about 33,000 feet. I said, I think the pilot said, and we're, uh, I think, nine degrees on the ground, so and sunny. So uh, hopefully, a nice day in Toulouse to look forward to. Where our first activity of the day, once we've landed, is um, we're off to the Airbus factory. Yeah, it'd be uh, strange for me seeing the Airbus <laughs> side of things as I'm normally on the uh, the Boeing's. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's all from us now. We're going to get ready to uh, land and we'll chat to you again once we're down in Toulouse. Hey guys. <laughs> well, I think it's safe to say that we've had a very fascinating afternoon. So we're at uh, the Airbus factory uh, just outside Toulouse. You can, all, you can literally see the runways of the airport uh, from where we're standing. And... Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been really good fun. I've, I've embarrassed Owen at least twice um, during that because I, I may have accidentally let slip that he was cabin crew. Um, but hey, come on, we were spoiled. We were sport rotten when they found ah, it, to yeah, be yeah, fair. Yeah. So you know, you, you know, if you've got credentials, you might as well take advantage <laughs> of them. So yes, yeah, so you can just see in the background here. Got a nice little Air France. Um, let me go up a bit. You might be able to see it better. That's a little Air France uh, Concorde, and we've got the A400M just over there now I don't know what that little plane do you know what that little plane is behind us I have absolutely no idea yeah. somebody watching this will be able to say <laughs> yeah quite sure I'm pretty sure yeah, yeah absolutely uh, but uh, Garavel over there uh, yeah yeah there's the uh, a380 factory just in front of us there yeah absolutely and uh, 
So it's been, um, yeah, so we, we've done two tours this afternoon. Uh, we did one which was basically a, a tour of uh, the grounds, if you like, and we got to see sort of several planes in their various stages of construction. Mm. Um, and the one thing that really hit me was just the sheer size of the actual site. I mean, it was, I think, did they say 4,000 hectares? Something like that. 700 hectares. 700 hectares, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it was uh, it's spread out all around the airport. Yeah. So you, you, you go around the from the, the passenger terminal yeah. to the executive yeah. terminal to uh, Airbus's headquarters through A320 final yeah. assembly, A330, A350 yeah. final assembly and uh, finally to the A380 final assembly which where our second tour yeah was absolutely today. and, and I, I, for me what what i didn't realize is uh it's basically like a mini city so anything to do with airbus so any every, like everybody who makes engines for them who makes parts for them who makes seats they're all they've all got their own like little depots within yeah. within the city of airbus <laughs> uh and it's um it's a massive site it was um eight kilometers like by the time we'd driven all the way around it it was an absolutely massive like that, yeah. massive site yeah, but no, it really a, a good hour and a half almost two hours yep, to, get, to get around yeah. the whole the whole uh, and i think city. i think the <laughs> highlight for me was actually the, the last part of this with the a380 actually no two to highlights one was actually looking at the planes being cre um assembled so they they took us up in the lift and there's like a viewing gallery where you can see the um where you can see the assembly points uh, of the craft being done it only takes like between eight and ten days once all the parts are here yeah. actually only takes less than ten days to assemble an A380 so it's ready to go and um, the other bit for me actually the most fascinating bit was when they stuck us in the dark room with all the telemetry, the telemetry yeah. so we got to see all the telemetry from the very first uh, A380 flight uh, like the test flight where you know I mean they were all wearing their flight suits and their their crash helmets and stuff because you just don't know parachutes and the parachutes <laughs> and everything it was it was it was just brilliant so uh, so yeah, yeah. No, they really looked after us well and yep. uh, it's been a fantastic fantastic day yep. yeah and, uh, yeah so, so that, we... I think it's time for a beer now I think so yeah Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head.com. The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation related stories from news buyers across the globe. Producing our content does cost money though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself and Amazon pays us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines. Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Crash, crash, turn that down. 
Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at planecrazydownunder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket, anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there oh. we go. <laughs> well, I think it's safe to say you two boys done an sterlingly good job uh, doing the uh, video and stuff for that. It looked really nice. Yeah, we, we, we had a great time. Um, and it was, um, yeah, as going out... Um, as we we said in the video, um, it was sort of weird, wasn't it? Because Owen, you were actually more nervous about going through security because obviously with your job, you yeah. very rarely go through what I call muggle class, if you like, <laughs> when it comes to security. So you you sort of experience that proper first. Yeah, and kind of over uh, yeah. budgeting time. Yeah, to, absolutely. To, to yeah, I think that's the, the best way to do it, though. I mean, it was great because we we sort of got there literally bang on. For, well, we were leaving at twenty past. Uh, uh, when we we, we left at we were left at twenty two. Four from my house. Yeah, that's right, in the morning, yeah. Because yeah. uh, we wanted to make sure we got a good two hours in the airport so that we knew we had enough time to go through. Do it, you freeze. Yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The what? Do it, you freeze and stuff, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. No, no we actually, we, we pretty much <laughs> zoomed through duty free. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So so got through security and stuff. As I say, that was where I, I was more, more nervous than I. And I was, as I say, I was absolutely fine until we sat down to breakfast we went to Weatherspoons just to go and have breakfast oh, before we nice went and, uh, I, I, well I haven't been you see because it's been a long time since I've flown um, like commercially and stuff because last time I went um, uh, Weatherspoons was a completely different other part of the, <laughs> the, the site it was only one floor it was all this kind of thing it's not like two floors and, and yeah, really it's very nice. Nice. So, we, so we sat there um, having breakfast and um, it was uh, it was really where it sort of started to hit me what we were about to do, which was to basically, I was now going to go and get an aeroplane. Yeah, I think you were saying the the, the point where um, you felt that it sort of switched for you was mm. when you started looking at the display screens. Yeah. When, um, when we were kind of talk, talking about, oh, well, the flight will be displayed at 6.30. Yeah. You know, and I, I and, and that's, that, that's he, when it really started to sort of kick in. And it was, uh, we, we got... Um, Got through that, and then we sort of held quite a few times, weren't we? Once we'd gone through yeah. the, the gate, um, I said we've got the little monorail, and I'm just thinking, oh my god, we've actually got to do this now. <laughs> this, is, this is I can't really back out now, you know, because if I do, it's going to be really embarrassing. Because you know, Owen's, Owen's come a really long way, and he's just like so, trying to get uh, get through there. We got got through to the other side. On we got um, we, onto the uh, onto uh, like. Uh, well, not air stairs, obviously, because of who we were flying with, but we sort of like walking down. Oh, what, the stairs. Well, felt like a fire gate, yeah. exit, frankly, sort of walking downstairs <laughs> yeah. to try and try and get out. And when we were held before they released us out onto the tarmac, and it, I really, you know, you know, it was I, I was sort of shaking and all sorts. It was it was quite weird. Then got got on the aircraft, sort of got all the seatbelts and everything, all, all sort. We then got moved into the um, over wing. Seats, the posh uh, seats, because it was actually a really quiet flight, wasn't there? Yeah, there was I mean, I haven't anybody. seen the the flights that um, yeah. that empty in a long, long time. Yeah, I think absolutely. the last time I saw that was uh, flying from or flying to Cork mm. where, <laughs> without wow. without many passengers. But uh, yeah. there was only maybe eighty or so. Yeah, I'd say it was Ooh. a really quiet. Yeah, flight. very, very quiet. Uh, which is why, because we 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 were actually one row behind, weren't we? The yeah. the, the over air yeah. seats. So uh, the the crew asked us to move. 
because uh, apparently you must have people sitting over the uh, overwing exit, over seats, over yeah. exits, yeah. Uh, which we did. So we moved forward, and then um, when supposed we got to pay more money for those, Mr. Smith. Oh, do you? You're supposed oh, right. to pay more money oh, for those. Okay. Yes, it's a premium seat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so oh. so we sat there, and we. So see, you're still get, you're getting freebies already. Yeah. Well, honestly. what can I say? You know, absolutely. <clears throat> I was sort of trying not to tell them that I was terrified of flying. I didn't want anyone else to feel it. <laughs> so so we sat there, and it was all fine, and we uh, we were just sort of chatting away, and then suddenly uh, the whole the whole I don't know quite what happened um, but basically everything was thrown into darkness all the emergency lights lights came on all all noise stopped um, and yeah. uh, it sort of turned out I think did you say it was the, the ground yeah the ground power, power unit had, yeah. been, uh, had been disconnected yes. a little bit prematurely and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and the, the plane just shut down it was just like that's it yeah. we're done was, there, I, was there a lot of windows like <laughs> no no no, no, no. <laughs> there was no blue screen of death uh, there, was no, there was none of that it just literally it, the plane just went completely dark all the air stopped absolutely everything stopped oh, the emergency lights come on we, we were moments of, you know, you know so we, all the in-flight entertainment stopped the yeah the in-flight Entertainment. No, no, oh, my sorry. no, my tablet was in in the, the thing. <laughs> Your tablet yeah. was in the hole, yeah, 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 catching fire. fire. <laughs> yeah, but we, but we were sat there, and of course, it was like not far away. You know, Owen was talking mm. me through like you know how the pushback works and mm. and all this kind of thing, and, and we're doing that, and then suddenly the whole plane just shuts down, and I'm I was literally I literally grabbed the armrest and I was like. Oh my God! What's happened? <laughs> just like, I think it's, but then when, uh, once I kind of explained, uh, yeah. yeah, what had happened, and that yeah. it is kind of, well, I wouldn't say frequently mm. happening, but it, mm. it, it's an ordinary occurrence, mm. um, something that happens just yeah. kind of on the odd day. Yeah, but um, not when the guy who who you're traveling yeah, with yeah. is terrified <laughs> and it's his first one since you know, yeah. the said airline put him off and. <laughs> But I mean, what, what, once I explained it to you, yeah, you did yeah, yeah. really, really yep. go back to a kind of reset. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. And, yeah. You, you were and uh, so we be, we, we had a, we had quite a delay before we actually took off. Uh, we were sat there, uh, not uh, not a delay, only because it was, it was hour, yeah. very early on. So there was four flights in front of us all queued to take off I think yeah, yes uh, and we were, the fi- we were the mm. fifth one behind and of course I'd never seen I, I, I mentioned briefly in there I'd never seen because you've got the runway lights and they were like you know it was like sort of traffic lights but yeah, for aeroplanes yeah, yeah. with the red lights on the floor and they sort of literally they'd go out and then the next plane would move forward onto the runway the lights would come back up and then it would stop and, yeah. <laughs> and away we went and that was fascinating and so he, Owen was busy telling me about how all that works and that we were busy chatting away and then I can't remember what we were talking about after that and it suddenly dawned on me we were now roaring down the runway about to take <laughs> off as I say seriously seriously guys they're supposed to be trustworthy they are n- Irish people are not <laughs> trustworthy I can assure you of that Home was yeah. in the aisles dancing yeah pretty much yeah, yeah, yeah doing the yeah. full river dance that's yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely that was yeah. fun and, and su- suddenly there we were off off into the air and what's interesting which we didn't discuss um, in in the the video that we did actually was the flight home was a completely different experience, and I mean completely different experience. I was—I I don't know whether it's because I'd done two flights on the bounce. So obviously we've flown out on the Wednesday, and then we flow home. Well, you know, Thursday morning. So there was only like what twenty-six hours between when we arrived and well, know, with the delay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't talk about the delay. Um, and uh, that was it. We—I it, it, was chatting all the way through. I was, yeah, as you saw yeah, in the video, yeah. I was busy staring out the window and, yeah. and all this. Yeah, kind it was of incredible. That is the best view. Yeah, we all we all know. But I've never done. It. I mean, I have flown before, obviously. Before I've, I've, I've mm. never, I've never been keen. But that's the first time that I'd actually been sat there, staring out the window, being amazed at what what was going mm. on outside. So, um, you know, in in summary, because you know we we need to sort of wrap up really. But uh, in summary, 
Um, I'm never going to love flying like you lot do. I mean, I mean, Carlos, you're you're verging on obsessed. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I mean, Owen, you do it for uh, a job. That's fine. Yeah. You know, I'm ne- I'm never ever going to get into a situation where I genuinely get excited and look forward to getting on an airplane and flying. Because as, I mean, as I said when I've been talking to Al, um, it's 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 not so much when I'm in the air that that I struggle. It's that taking off and the landing bit because yeah. I know there are so many factors there that could go wrong mm. ironically when you're in the air you know yeah, no, it, it, but when yeah. you were in the air i mean yeah you were like you are in the ground yeah absolutely just, yeah, absolutely just, just being me yeah. Yeah. When, yeah, yeah. i mean when you when you eventually do get to obviously go in in first or business class right. with qatar okay. and, you'll, and you'll have a double yeah. bed and stuff like that you, you know you're not gonna yeah. worry are you Let's be honest. You know. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I certainly worry less now. So I mean, as I say, I'm never going to enjoy it as much as you guys are. But certainly, the flight home, uh, if I can just hold on to the mindset that I had when I was flying home, because I was just so relaxed. And you know, I mean, Owen's been absolutely wonderful company for the last. Basically, two days. you had your very own personal cabin. Trip. I know, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yes, yes. With and of course, Owen. and of course, yeah. what was very nice is when you know it was it was it was just. As I say, it was a really nice. It was just. A, it was a really nice couple of days. So, uh, on a serious note, guys, um, if you do have any nervous issues with Anybody in regard, listens. Uh, yeah, any listeners, think, if you've yeah. got any issues in regard to to flying and things, I ca- I honestly cannot recommend Captain Al and and Flight Fear Solutions enough. Mm. And my personal heartfelt thanks goes to Al for for a couple of really yeah, intense yeah. cancelling sessions that. That, and a flight. that I had with him, and, and obviously the and little a flight, GA flight yeah. was. I, I don't think everybody gets that. To be fair, I think there was a <laughs> yeah, that was a special <laughs> going special on treat. Um, but uh, and uh, you know the, what they'd done there with uh, you know what what he did there, sort of talking me through um, what was going on, aren't genuinely answering my fears. Um, you know, I can't thank him enough, really. For I didn't think that I'd sort of reach this stage. I mean, I'd more or less sort of decided I was never going on an aeroplane unless unless I had to. Well, ever you are again. Soon. Yeah, well, I know, I know, and that's really and for longer than. Yeah, I know, I know, but, uh, but you see, that's, that, that's the thing we kind of yeah. we, we had a, a, a well, I had a really realization was that you're actually perfect when you're in the air um, and you're you're in cruise. Yeah. There's nothing. That you, well, you don't seem nervous. Mm. You don't seem out of the ordinary. See, I, suppose, it, I mean, you know. So, it just if that lengthens for what five more hours? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, from from your point of view as well, I suppose, because I mean, in your job, you must you come across people who are oh, nervous yeah. about yeah, yeah, about yeah. flying all the time. So, but I don't suppose you've ever actually gone with someone right from the start yeah, to then getting uh, on the aeroplane and then sort of sitting with them the whole time because obviously you've got a lot to do when you're that in the was air. that was definitely one of the most interesting and one of the things that I learned mm. most about was the was how someone who has a fear of flying mm. Uh, is reacting in the terminal and yeah. is, is reacting before they get because on the flight the, and the various the, different steps. The nervousness and the build-up to it is that actually starts. Um, yeah, and I think quite I, a I ways away from. I don't the, think I'm alone in in, in that. Like the, the, the apprehension, and everything starts not so much when you arrive at the the the, the airport, but once you've gone through security, yeah, you're, and you're, certain triggers. Yeah, absolutely. You sort of through to security, and then it sort of hits you that you've actually oh flipping heck, I've actually got to go through with this now, um, and then away we go. But uh, no, as I say. 
again, um, seriously, uh, Owen, thank you so very much. Oh, for, not at all. For being, not at all. Uh, so not I mean, great company over the last couple of days, but also um, for for sort of agreeing to. Because I, I should just say, uh, boys and girls, I had no, I had. I didn't really know I was doing it until Owen said, "Right, I booked the flights, and now we're off." And it was just like, "What? What? What? What?" I can't. So it was no. It's just been it's been great. So as I say, personal thanks, Captain Al. Thank you so mm. very much, Owen. Thank you so very much for the last couple of days. No, thank you. It's um, been great and, company, and I learned loads as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I suppose and, to well, all of those who who do have a fear of flying mm. out there, and I, I see this every single day. Mm. It is completely normal. Um, there are at least one or two mm. on each flight who yeah. have some degree of, yeah. uh, of fear of apprehension flying. Apprehension or fear of flying. Apprehension, yeah. fear of flying, whatever it is, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it's part of my job, it, and it mm. was definitely Well, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe you've learned something from yeah, sort no, of I have, the yeah. reaction and stuff for, for people that do that. So uh, you, don't, you don't have a fear of passengers then? Um, <laughs> he does now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that one quite easily develops after flying uh, yeah. low cost carriers. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to wrap up yep. then episode one hundred and fifty-eight of the Plane Talking UK podcast. We're going to say a massive thank you to our guest who's joined us in the uh, kitchen studio today, uh, Owen. It's been uh, been a pleasure having you mm. here, and obviously, oh, no, uh, thanks, guys. Mm, we you. hope you've uh, hope you've enjoyed your uh, brief. Stay here with us uh, on the east oh, coast of the UK. Amazing, mm. good. Yeah, no. So I'm, I'm going back to uh, to fly this week. I'm going back to fly Woo-hoo. tomorrow. Mm, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, me, me and Owen are back back to Stansted, only to drop him off. Sadly, this yeah. time. Yeah. I don't, so unfortunately, I'm not getting I can't on stay a plane. This <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's been mm. absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for letting me. Uh, let me stay here. Let yeah. me join the show. Let a me. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, also, I should just say I won't m- mention names specifically, but thank you guys for your your amazing support in the chat room as well. I'm I'm reading some lovely, lovely messages from all our amazing listeners and they in, all are in amazing. the chat in the yeah. in the chat row. So thank you, chat, thank you very much, guys. Yeah. Uh, the the kind words are really appreciated. And as I say, I'm never going to love flying like you guys do, but hopefully, I really have sort of turned a corner now and, and roll on Pittsburgh yeah, yeah. roll on Pittsburgh roll yeah. on Pittsburgh just before, on that bombshell on oh that. no 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 just before oh, we yes. go yes boom, yes boom, yes 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 so boom, we have boom. gifts we have gifts for you where where, uh, where is the uh, oh hang on uh, uh, hang on sorry I, I, was, I was in ending show mode so there we go there we go, <laughs> we go. okay, okay. We're okay. Ending so the show. <laughs> I'm going to do this right in front of the camera yeah yeah here All we right. go so, and we got some lovely gifts yeah for yeah Carlos. Yes. And this is oh, while uh. we were at um, <laughs> yeah, while we were at the Airbus factory. So, first one we got was just a nice uh, um, what are these? The, uh, bands, a bracelet. Yeah, the wrist, uh, wristband type wristband sort of thing. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And this is a future Airbus pilot. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for really? you, Carlos, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially for you. Future pilot. <laughs> I'm going to wear that when I go and see uh, when I go and see um, well, when I go and see Nick, actually. He'll appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, the next one is the Airbus, see daisies, where were we? The Airbus remove before a yeah. flight. <laughs> <laughs> to go yeah. in, to, to go, go in, in your in Airbus the, van. Yeah. No, 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 van. the Airbus van. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got practice to prove that it's the Airbus van. Oh, and and right, the, yeah. the, fi- the final gift well, is, like is one actually fro- from uh, from me. Uh, and because uh, uh, you're such a lover of. Um, 
of Airbus, obviously. Uh, <laughs> if you just show him the other side, there we go. I love the, uh, yeah, the, the oh, A380. Look at so that there is. we are. Absolutely. Oh, very oh, absolutely. I know. How spoiled so, am I? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so, how spoiled you, am I? You know, your love of Airbus, oh. we will eventually turn you from the dark it's side. It's actually. It's quite <laughs> a posh one. Oh, yeah. Very posh. Absolutely. So, whilst yeah. Carlos enjoys all his wonderful gifts that we very kindly brought him, uh, we'll... <laughs> we'll go back to. Uh, Sorry, we'll are we doing a show? No, no, no. Oh, we, we, it's all right. It's fine. It's coming to an end now. Anyway, it's fine. So I'll put us all up on the screen. Then thank you very much to all our wonderful listeners. Yeah, uh, bye, it, everyone, to to get in touch with the show, as always, you know what it is: podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Uh, it's facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk. If you want to what, what look at us on Facebook, youtube.com forward slash plaintalkinguk is our channel, and of course on Twitter to find us on there, it is at plain talking uk that's all from us here for episode number 158 so looking Owen, thank you so very much oh, thanks, it's been guys. great thank you so much and uh, yeah that's it that's where we bring so have the a show safe to uh, have a safe flight i hope you enjoy your uh yeah, he's got a safe yeah. journey home because I'm taking. Yeah, exactly. That much is guaranteed. That's given. Absolutely. So, from all of us here in the studio, it's been a great show. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Once everyone. Again, thanks for your wonderful support in the chat room. It, yes. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, we will see. Uh, we will see you all next week for episode one five nine. Cheers, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.